What's up, movie lovers? Welcome to episode number 31 of Ready Play Movies, your weekly source for everything that's new and exciting in the world of entertainment. Every Tuesday at 6 a.m. Pacific or 9 a.m. Eastern Time, we discuss the top news of the week, notable releases, what we're watching, big topics of the industry, and the movies we love. If you want to write anything to, uh, if you want to write anything to be read on the show, send us an email to readyplaymovies at gmail.com or hit us up at Ready Play Movies on Twitter. No matter where you found us, please subscribe to the feed so you can get every new show directly to your device as soon as it posts. And if, and if you like it, please leave us a nice review. This is August 10th, 2021, and I'm your host, Louis Menchaca. And joining me today, as always, is my co-host, Mr. Troy Bracey. What's up? What's up? Good to be back. I'm here to talk movies with y'all, and we're going to have a good one. Yes. All right. So first and foremost, I got to give a huge thank you to everyone that tuned in uh, to our first episode on the Level One uh, Gaming YouTube channel. Episode 30 was a was a uh, uh, definitely a success uh, by every metric that we have. So we had uh, uh, 40 views as of uh, as of the time of recording. So I was very happy with that. It was really awesome. Thank you guys uh, very much uh, for letting me uh, fill in in the interim period. And uh, I hope that anyone that watches this show uh, will follow me back on my uh, uh, Ready Play Network YouTube channel and continue to watch us after we've uh, after our time on this channel has come to an end. Uh, but in the meantime, I just want to do one other quick correction. Um, so last week we were doing the movie anniversaries, and I accidentally typed the Princess Bride in one of the uh, I think it was like the 10 or 15 year mark. I forgot what year it was. Uh, and what ended up happening was I meant to say The Princess Diaries because I did say it right. It was the Anne Hathaway uh, movie, but somehow... You got the name just, confused. Uh, yeah, yeah, I got the name confused. The Princess Bride is a much older movie from the 80s yeah. and a classic uh, nonetheless. I don't think The Princess Diaries... Is that considered a classic, I mean, Troy? I, mean, uh, I don't think so, but I think it's a memorable movie. Like I think if... People only remember because it started Anne Hathaway's career. Yeah, 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 for sure. I don't know if I could put it, but some people would put that as a classic, though, because it's going to be a lot of ingrained in a lot of people's memory. Oh, yeah, people that grew up with that and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely, yeah, it's, I'd say so. Uh, but, yeah, so that's that. We'll go ahead. Oh, man, there's a lot of noise in the background. We'll go ahead and start the actual show proper and um, just hit you guys up with some impressions. Now, Troy... Uh, I, I'm going to just put this out here. We have a friend on Facebook and he was, uh, he called me up to you. He shall be unnamed, but, uh, he says, you guys have got into a little bit of a spat. You know, the suicide squad came out. Yeah. But they both, we all watched it. Uh, you were saying masterpiece and he says like dog turds. Well, here's the thing. And his name is Daniel. I'm putting it out there. <laughs> um, here's the thing. Like. With Daniel, you got certain people where it's just no point of talking the specific uh, topic of whatever y'all talking about because they don't understand it, right? So it's no point of go like it, it's you know it's certain things some people understand, certain people don't, but everybody have their opinion. But just to throw this out there, and this will make everyone agree with me, he said the first one was really good. The first Suicide Squad was really good. That says enough. And the second one he said was trash. Everybody. I'll let y'all make y'all own. Uh, what I'll let y'all think what y'all want on that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to be in the live chat in the... Uh, I think I'm going to be in... Uh, wait, sure. No, probably not. I'm probably not going to be able to make the live chat uh, whenever this premieres on YouTube, but I'll try to be. And just let us know what you think in there. But uh, that being said, um, we're going to be talking about the box office or the Suicide Squad uh, a little later in the actual news section. But for now, we're just going to actually talk about just impressions of what we thought of the actual movie. And I'm going to tell you this. I was holding back on you, Troy, but 
I'm going to split the difference. You know, you're saying like somewhere in the nines, I would say, and he's saying somewhere in the fives. I want to split the difference and say somewhere in the sevens, because here's the thing. I, I, I think I was, I, I bought into the hype too much. Like <sighs> I was thinking that this movie was going to like, you know, find me a girlfriend and make me a sandwich too. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I was thinking it would be the second coming of, you know, Christ. Yeah, and yeah. I was thinking like, I was thinking like the highest regards. I was thinking like something on like, on the league of like the Dark Knight, you know right, what I mean? Like right, one of the right. best DC movies has ever made, that's yeah. ever been to ever DC. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So that's not to say that the movie was bad. I mm-hmm. just think that expectations, my expectations weren't tempered, mm-hmm. and therefore I felt underwhelmed mm-hmm. by comparison. Okay, okay. But I will recognize that there was a lot of good things about it. There was a lot of like good character development, and there's a lot of good uh, chemistry between the cast. You can tell that they had fun making it. I was definitely a joy to watch and like just the constant like uh, uh, the constant turning of the plot and like, you know, there's so many like uh, what do you call it? It's not as it's not as straightforward as you one would might think, especially mm. with the fake out that happened, you know, the way the marketing was going yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. So I will say that there was a lot of there was a lot of good in it. I just don't I just don't consider it something on the league of like joker or or the dark knight okay which i guess i was that's what i was when you when people throw away uh, throw around the words like the best best of dc mm-hmm. you know that's the upper echelon kind of right, stuff. right 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 and i don't think a james gunn movie is that it, okay but that's not to say that uh you know it's not to say it's a bad movie i just think right, it's like right. i just think it's a fun uh, popcorn movie and i'm probably gonna forget about it you know okay, okay. yeah uh, I completely disagree. I think um, it's the best movie since The Dark Knight, uh, for at least on the DC's end of the spectrum. I mean, Joker, I think Joker's better, but I almost put that in it. But Joker's slightly better, but I think it's a straight-up bona fide masterpiece. And like you said, I, uh, I was in a round of nines. No, I give it a ten. Um, oh, shit. Yeah, because like the what makes it so great to me was first of all, it's not a single flaw that I have with the movie. Like, <clears throat> there's no single plot holes, no uh, structure problems, no pacing issues, no editing problems, no bad writing. Everything is good. But I think what was yeah. so was so great about the movie to me is that it a great movie, a great art movie is hidden behind this fun weird you know like on the surface it just seems like your typical comedy fun weird you know thing that you just kind of say oh that was funny but uh, but yeah. it really had a lot of deeper themes and 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 you know and it's a lot of great underlining character work in there that's like really phenomenal and his way the way James Gunn kind of blended his typical, you know, just regular humor, fun movie mixed with this very art house uh, feel to it in terms of like the the writing. I thought it was just absolutely genius, and he did some very, you know, when when the reason why this movie is getting compared to The Dark Knight and some of these like all time great. Um, DC films is because he did some revolutionary stuff with the structure like it's non-linear like we've never seen that in a comic book movie where we see something happen and then we go back to how we got to that point you know he does that a couple times like so he's being inventive with the structure he's being inventive with the cinematography like it's certain cinematography that I've never seen in 
uh, a movie at all in this movie. Like it's the the way you know the camera be so close to their faces and then it gets back really quick. Like I don't yeah. know how it does that. So he's doing some revolutionary stuff, and I think that's why people are comparing it to the best of the best because they're seeing things they never seen before. And that's how I was. Like it was so many, and and that's another thing. Like so many, like like the last comic book movie I seen was uh, Black Widow. Okay. And I and I like Black Widow. Um, I, I like that movie or whatever. But one of the the problems I had with that movie was I felt it was predictable. I felt like it was the stereotypical superhero it was, movie. It was paint you know? by it numbers. Was paint by yeah. numbers. You yeah. know. And with this movie, as soon as I think that I know what's gonna happen, it's always something that completely. Oh, uh, never mind. I was completely wrong. And that's when I had the best time in the cinemas when I'm when I'm getting surprised throughout the movie. And this whole movie, you couldn't predict anything in this movie. It didn't matter. It was matter definitely if you a lot of heart and soul. I'll give you that one. Right, and it, it had a lot of heart and soul. Which, if you watch a trailer, you would think it it's none of that in it. It's like you would think it's just one of those fun, just throw it. But you watch it and be like, man, I actually feel for King Shark. Like you know, yeah. so yeah. That's true. That's true. Um, and I will say this. There was one death that I did predict was going to happen. As soon as that a character, let's just say, without going into the spoilers, when a character had a hero moment, I knew they're dead. Yeah. That At that moment, I know what you're talking about. At that moment, I knew it. Like, but Before it, it happened, but, I knew it. I but knew. it was only like right at that moment. I didn't like predict it two Before, scenes. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, you yeah. know. But like as he was doing, I'm like, oh, yeah, he's about to die right now. <laughs> so, but <laughs> I can say that. yeah, but. Uh, um, but there was this one moment, like there's this like one subplot with Harley Quinn where I didn't I didn't predict it, but also it does it is character development for Harley Quinn over her course of her movies from yeah. like uh, Birds of Prey and it's sort of like yeah. it's it's yeah. sort of uh jives well considering what she's already been yeah, through. Yeah, like it grew like yeah. you've seen her growth through the and the thing that and that's another thing that was extremely like ballsy about that scene. Like you got this whole movie going on with this plot and all these characters and then you just go away, leave all that behind and just go to Harley Quinn and her little mini story, like, and it's like, like that's stuff that you don't see in in these movies. Like, th that's something that I remember watching it. Like, oh, so is this just like a little Harley Quinn movie right now? Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Like, that's that's unusual, like stuff you can't predict. It's it's different and and like stuff like that is what makes it, you know, stand out from other comic book movies. Yeah, that is true. That's true. And then also a decision that Harley Quinn does during that subplot was very surprising because usually. Uh, usually you think certain characters would make it to the end for as like a big bat or whatever, but you know, that's, I'll just leave it at yeah, that. Yeah, for um, sure. I, I know what you're saying and I agree. Um, also, I just wanted to say like, I'm surprised by like the number of like A-list stars or like, not A-list, but like definitely noter, no, noteworthy st stars like Jai Courtney. That went. That, uh, that came back for the, the movie and also like we're just... Yeah, I, I'm. I guess. Well, I guess in a movie that's called The Suicide Squad. Well, and that's one of the things that was so disappointed about the the first atrocious movie was most of the Suicide Squad lived, and I'm like, that's, that's not true. Like, yeah, like if you think about it, most of the Suicide Squad lived. It was two characters that that died in in the first Suicide Squad. It was the uh, El Diablo guy, and it was the the girl with the sword or whatever. Katana. Katana. And also, uh, the guy that was with the. Adam Beach's character that oh, uh, they don't count. He did like he died good, at the very blue, yeah. yeah, he died at the very beginning. But yeah. I'm talking about like out of the characters, hell, the villain didn't even die. Deadshot, Harley Quinn, Boomerang, Killer Croc, uh, who else was in that? Oh, uh, Rick Flag. Uh most of the characters that you come to see die. And in this, it was like 
anyone you felt like anyone could go because you seeing different characters getting you know done in so it's like i don't know for me i was like this was better because it was like man this is what the task force x is it's supposed to be a bunch of dudes that at any point can like die you yeah. know and i felt like they really did that so yeah that's true and that's they true. didn't care if you were a big budget i mean a, a star, star or not yeah. they like you know you, exactly. anyone can go <laughs> as a matter of fact i was actually surprised by a certain character's death that happened it was like I was like, oh my god, they went there. Like, I'm yeah. surprised that Warner Brothers let James Gunn Do uh, kill off kill yeah. the characters. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's interesting to see because like, it's sort of like, with, with a certain character like that I'm talking about, you would think that they would have plans for them in the future because they're, you know, they can be a, essentially like a glue. But yeah. But they, 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 they just, die. Yeah. They die. And, and it's like, just, I respect it. I respected that. I respected that. But because, you know, they're just going to bring them back to life. You know? But, but <laughs> I mean, kidding. and the thing is, like, I think that's what, you know, now that you said that, I think that's what answers my own question about the first one. The first one was filled with A-list actors, so they were like, they didn't want to kill nobody, you know? So most of the, the, the Suicide Squad lived, you know what I'm saying? And I think that was a problem with that movie. Like, well, one of the multiple problems with that movie. You know, it's kind of interesting, like, uh, you know, we we almost never see, like, uh, a scene where, like, they're all, like, hanging out together or whatever. Like, yeah. there's almost never, a, this scene never happens. Yeah. And I think <laughs> it's so genius because, like, it, it's so genius because it's a huger squad, yeah. you know, than you would expect. And uh, that's why a lot of people go. <laughs> yeah, that is true. So, I, I just want to throw that out there. And, uh like just like, I just keep, I just go back to the marketing and like the trailers and like the explosions and stuff like that. The one big scene that I remember from Fandom was the part where they were filming the beach scene and they're all yeah. you know yeah yeah, I, yeah that was gonna be I thought that was gonna be like one of the finale moments or whatever and they're yeah. showing it in the trailer and then it's just it's, like yeah. they're just like I love when that happens so much because then you in your mind you're like damn I thought this was gonna be the finale what else am I expecting like what else can I like you know expect in this movie because the, the moment that I thought was gonna be like this big moment just happens at the beginning like it's like oh shit I got a whole movie to go like it was because I, I felt the same way when I seen that like I thought it was like oh that's the big moment because yeah. you see these explosions people all the jumping in slow there, motion yeah. all they running on the beach I'm like oh man this is going to be a crazy and then it's like literally the first I'm like oh shit so yeah man I, I, I couldn't I couldn't been more impressed by it. and I was and then, surprised and then they like and they made it seem like one of the characters who has a lame superpower like they make it seem like it's such a badass power in the trailer you know TDK <laughs> he just has like he yanks his arms off like oh like, like yeah, it's a, it's yeah. a hero like a well, hero well, the thing is what's so funny <laughs> about that that's one of the more funniest moments for me because even in the movie they make it badass like when he first do it he do do I'm like oh shit and then it gets playing the music as his hands going and then he's all just playing with him and shit like, so, like, and they're all confused I'm not gonna lie man I hope James Gunn at some point I know after this he's doing Guardians of the Galaxy but if he's this elite level of a filmmaker I want to see him do other stuff like I love his superhero what he can do in the superhero genre but I'm just curious to see what he could do period like if he can direct on this level i didn't know i knew he was a good director i like guardians of galaxy one i didn't like two but and i like slither but i didn't know he could pull off something like this this was elite level filmmaking you know this was uh like uh, the elite of elite level filmmaking okay all right yeah so i guess i mean i'm positive I, i'm not gonna say that it's i'm not gonna say i'm like you know i was like oh this movie was trash or garbage I just uh, you somewhere in the middle. I'm just somewhere in the middle. Yeah, it's definitely positive. I'll always I will recommend that movie for sure. Um, it's an easy recommendation for me. I'm just not gonna be like you know 
uh, walking out of the theater and like giving giving it like an A plus cinema score. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, right. uh, speaking of which, like the you know, the cinema score actually matched the 2016 uh, just uh, Suicide Squad. Mm. It got a B plus. They both got B pluses. Mm. Uh, so the audiences are not like as raving as the 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 critics. The critics. Yeah, the yeah. critics are higher. And than I, the, I mean, the and that, that makes a lot of sense only because it's a like a lot of the the artistic stuff. I think could go over people's heads because because of like I told you how like the on the out surfaces is just like this crazy comedy. Like yeah. someone like a Daniel that really doesn't understand film, he's missing these little character themes, these little moments, like these like I'm gonna give a quick example, right? Like with King Shark. It's a scene where, you know, you know, and King Shark's a big dumb shark through the whole mo- uh, movie, but it's a scene where they show uh, like this couple and they're like kissing or whatever. And then it just shows King Shark's face like looking at him like as if he wants to have friends. Yeah. Like he don't have anybody. He's a lonely shark. And, you know, that little scene right there will go over people's heads. Like that scene for me, I caught that and was like, man, that made me kind of feel it for was King a Shark. Moment, yeah. It was a beautiful moment. But the average, you know, moviegoer that isn't a critic like me, they're not going to catch that. They're just going to, you know, just go over their head, whatever. And then when he does something dumb, they're just like, oh, look, the shark's dumb, right? So it's it's a lot of moments in there that I think critics pick up on. That's why it has like a 90-something on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. And it's like an 80 on, you know, from the audience side. So yeah. Th- yeah. that's expected. Yeah, yeah. So that just just throwing that out there. So yeah, um, that being said, I wanted to ask you before we move on to the th- other things that I watched this week, did you watch anything else this week? Uh, no. No? All right. So I watched what? Suicide Squad three times. <laughs> <laughs> did you at least watch it on HBO Max? I watched them all in theaters. <laughs> that uh, is a lot of money, dude. <laughs> I've seen them all in theaters. But see, if you're smart like me, you go early in the day and it's cheaper. You know what I mean? All right. Well, yeah, I only watched it the one time on uh, HBO Max. So probably it's probably the reason why I didn't like it as much. <laughs> that that might I think it really is a because the uh most of the movie I think like at least from what I could see like 60% of the movie was shot in IMAX. So I uh, think like that that IMAX experience makes it better too. Like, I will I will probably probably say that uh when I was watching the the third act, the big finale sequence, yeah. I was thinking to myself, man this would have looked good on a big screen. Oh yeah. And <laughs> oh and last little thing, I even felt bad for Starro at the end, man. Yeah, I know. They even made me feel for Starro like, like I just uh, wanted to like yeah, watch the Oh, that shit hurt. That shit like, messed me up, man. Like, like I felt for Starro at the end. I was like, I didn't ever think I'd feel for a big star, like <laughs> fish looking thing. Like, <laughs> all right. Um, also, well, I'm gonna just actually one last thing. One, I, I want to give a shout out to all of the cool letters that they put. Like, uh, oh yeah, the, they they put letters on the sand. That, that and the was fire, just the that, smoke. that was just a part of oh, James Gunn creativity. There, there the was toilet. A, yeah, there was a part where like the they had like these like poles and stuff like that, but they yeah. were filmed in a way where it makes a letter yeah make a like, letter that, yeah. that was cool but I, I but that yeah. just speaks to James Gunn creativity like he this was a, that's when I said when I say this was an art house film this was like the, that kind of stuff you see that kind of creativity you see from like upcoming filmmakers that's trying to get in the game and they make their first movie and it's like oh they're doing unique stuff that's what James Gunn was doing but just with a blockbuster movie it was incredible yeah yeah, yeah. I'll give you that one you know maybe I might bump it up to an eight I don't know but I, I, I mean it's one of movies watch it, watch it yeah give it a couple more watches and then i think you you might bump it up a little more i'm not i'm gonna i'm gonna just say without saying anything i did not have a an ideal uh viewing experience of the suicide squad you know, oh like well that. dang man like that that's that's big that's yeah. you can't just leave that out like yeah. how you see movies really affect how you yeah feel about the movie that know? is true yeah 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 
So yeah, I had a movie night. Did it, things didn't go smoothly, so you know I don't yeah. want to get into details. Uh, but anyways, so next thing I watched uh, was uh, this. Uh, speaking of that same movie night, I did a double feature where uh, the second movie of the of the matinee was uh, the was Jungle Cruise, the Dwayne Johnson Emily Blunt uh, vehicle, uh, star power, all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, so would it would you? Um, would it be weird to tell you that I enjoyed watching uh, Jungle Cruise uh, more than Suicide Squad? Well, I haven't seen it, so I can't really, you know. <laughs> I mean, it sounds we ridic- saw the trailer. It, it sounds ridiculous. Right I, yeah. I'm not gonna lie; it sounds preposterous. It really does. But I'm not the type of person. If I don't see it, I'm not gonna judge the yeah, movie, okay. and I haven't seen it. It could be, for all I know, it could be the greatest movie ever made. I well, doubt it, but it could. I, I, you know? I, yeah, yeah, it's definitely not one of the greatest movies ever made. But it definitely was a fun. It was a fun like a ride. Like let's just. Yeah, so, wait, you enjoyed Jungle Cruise more than The Suicide Squad? That right there might uh, bump off of Daniel saying that the first Suicide Squad was better than the second one earlier today. That might bump that and be the more ridiculous thing I'd have heard today. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, remember, I'm talking about, like, my experience with it, okay? Like, there was some... Okay, yeah, we but were, that, that, that we plays were, a part in it. We were well, watching I mean, I assumed that wasn't there a double feature, yeah, so ain't it, it was, the same experience? No. Well, oh, well, things changed by the time There was that, a, a... So, more people arrived for the second movie so what y'all see first we watched suicide squad first Mm. and then then more people arrived because they wanted to watch jungle cruise Uh. and uh because they you know because certain people already watched the suicide squad without us or whatever so we're like a small group and things were like whatever and then more people arrived and then we were all together watching jungle cruise having a good time with it and dwayne johnson man you know he's he's just charisma well he's you know charisma on command you know um the Rock, he's one of those guys where even if he's in a bad movie, he's good in it. You're gonna yeah. at least enjoy him. Yeah, yeah. So he, they had his character tell dad jokes like throughout the movie and like oh, pump with God. puns, oh, but he God. played it off with like a grin, like a smile, and like you know that thing where they that smile, charisma. We, you know that thing where they smile and we get the camera and then like the teeth like, bling, yeah, 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 yeah. Like I mean, it was just that, but like they they, they basically played to his strengths and. Uh, and uh, there was a lot of it that I just, I just kind of like. It's a little cringe, but it's, it's so good, you know. And I, the, the movie was just like basically like if you take like the, the Pirates of the Caribbean and um, what else? Uh, damn, I can't think of a second movie. But basically, uh, it's basically like a glorified remake of Pirates of the Caribbean. You know, okay. you got the, you got the guy that's cursed and it's got like you know like this weird like. But see, the only thing is, and... the Pirates of the Caribbean, that first one, yeah. was good as yeah, fuck. I know, right? It was good as it, fuck. Okay. Depp even got an Oscar nomination for a genre film. Like you don't see that a lot. Like, yeah. So basically, Disney re- ripped off their own movie and they did a worse job at it. So yeah, uh, yeah. that's, uh, and it's so it's it's kind of like that. And I, I will say that. Everything was cool. Everything's good. Like it was like, I guess uh, I guess it's like, if I were to like rank it between Black Widow, I would say you know they're both Disney films and they're both paid by numbers. But for some odd reason, Jungle Cruise is just enjoyable to watch more than Black more Widow. than Black Widow. So you saying? <laughs> let me get this straight. Just, this is more enjoyable to watch than Black Widow and the Suicide Squad. So the two comic book movies we done got this year that's both good. You putting? Oh my god. Okay. Goodness. No. 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 This okay. Let me. Uh, I, it's hard. It's hard to. This made it's me hard want to, to like, watch this because I okay. got to see how. Uh, okay, okay, it. all right. Let me just put it this way. Probably, if I were to like just give it like number scores, I would probably put Suicide Squad at top. But the thing is, again, I'm going off of the experience of having watched it. Okay, yeah, yeah, and yeah, right. I keep forgetting that. Yeah. yeah so yeah. let me just say, as far as like, if I'm gonna sit, okay, if I'm gonna sit down and watch one of these movies a second time, Black Widow, Suicide Squad, Jungle oh, Cruise. Cruise. 
Probably Suicide Squad. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I was holding my breath like, oh my God, don't tell me that. <laughs> no, okay, I mean, I got to right. see it, but I got to see it. I almost thought about it. I, mean, I thought but about the, it. But to be honest, I got to see it. I can't even judge. You know, it sounds ridiculous, but until I see it, because like one of my big pet peeves, I hate it when people don't see movies, but they're already judging it. You know, oh, it's going to da-da-da. You haven't seen it yet. Even though if I have a good idea that what it's going to be, I got to see it. So maybe when I see it, I could at least understand somewhat where you're coming like, from get on your sit on like i mean i watch it at home so you know get on your you know couch get a little thing of popcorn some soda and just enjoy it that's yeah. like, that's literally like that's that's the best way i can explain it yeah uh and the fact that i was doing i was doing that with like a big crowd of my family and stuff like that it was that's kind of what made it better yeah, yeah, yeah so i guess the i enjoyed i enjoyed the the experience of watching jungle cruise more than i did the suicide squad okay but uh, but yeah, no, it is definitely paint by numbers, and I would say Suicide Squad wins in creativity oh, hand yeah, over yeah. fist. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's why I love that movie. It's, yeah. not, it's the opposite of paint by numbers. Yeah. So uh, I, I, I guess yeah, we'll, we'll go ahead and leave, I'll go ahead and leave it at that. I don't really have much to say other than than I, I smiled, I grinned. Yeah, that's the thing with Suicide Squad. I don't know. I just didn't have like that, like you know, that that cheese. But with, with Jungle Cruise, I did. So. Mm-hmm. Take that with you. Uh, take that as you will. And the last thing I watched this week was uh, Blood Red Sky. It was a Netflix movie, and I told you about how it's a vampire. Uh, she's a mom. She's she's a vampire, and she's trying to uh, get on a flight, but then terrorists take over the flight, oh, yeah, and she yeah. goes vampire on them. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Uh, so basically, uh, to give you guys like the little synopsis, she's uh, she was bit by a vampire. She turned into a vampire, and uh, she's been sort of controlling her urges. Um, you know, raising a son, so she had like a little baby infant, and so somehow she didn't she didn't eat the son or whatever. So she just raised them and stuff like that, controlling herself. You know, eating like rats or whatever and all that stuff. And then now there's a doctor in America, and so like they're they're in like Europe or whatever. So there's a doctor in America that says, I think I might have a cure for you. Come fly to me, and then we'll uh, we'll we'll cure you. And then she's like taking like these drugs that are like sort of suppressing her urges and stuff like that. But then some by some for some fucking reason, just the very same flight that she's on. Terrorists come over and hijack it and trying to do another 9-11 or something like Damn. that. Um, and then uh, shit happens. And it's just uh, an interesting, like, I would say it's interesting in the sense that you would think that the movie is going to be very heroic and stuff like that because she's a vampire. It's going to, but no, shit, shit hits the fan. Like, so the, the, she, she transmits the vampire to just one of the, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're getting into spoiler <laughs> territory now. Hold yeah. on, hold on. But that, it sounds interesting, yeah, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like how, like, so basically, are you saying, like, she doesn't become, like, a hero? Yeah. Okay, that's good. I like that because yeah. that's different. That's not, like, predict, like, oh, of course, she's going to be the good guy, like, yeah, no. superhero type of thing. Okay, you know what? Yeah, I think I was about to say some spoilers. So I'm going to just leave it at that. Uh, it doesn't, yeah, okay, without spoiling it, I'm going to say this. It does not go the way you think these movies normally go. Okay. And uh, well, let me ask you this: Did you like it? Yeah. Was it a good movie? It was a good movie. Yeah, I okay. liked it. Okay. I liked it. It was. Uh, I watched it at night. I was just. I was in bed, and I was just. I, I watched it on my phone in bed, like and watching Netflix like this. And it was just like yeah. it was atmospheric. It was cozy, okay. and I liked it. It was really good. Okay. I think it's like when it comes to like horror stuff, like you want to watch those things at night. Yeah. And uh, I think horror movies are. I think for some reason, my in my opinion, horror movies are are better enjoyed alone because. You know, you can't blame anyone uh, for not shutting the fuck up. It's yeah, you blame yeah, yourself. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So you could, if you distract yourself, then that's on you. Yeah, yeah. So, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Blood Red Sky, it's uh, it's on Netflix. It's a foreign language film. There's some English in it. Um, 
Yeah, and um, it's it's on Netflix. It's easily it's easily like watchable. It was on the charts. Um, so yeah, I wanted to watch it just because of the trailer, and uh, also surprisingly, like I was surprised by uh, Dominic Purcell. You know, he was he was playing one of the terrorists, and I was expecting him to have more screen time, uh, and because he's like a major star. Yeah, yeah, he he's a star. star you know, yeah. so. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, we'll go ahead and, and kick it off to the actual uh, the next segment here. We'll talk about in the news. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. All right. So for the news, uh, we have to talk about Suicide Squad because it was a flop at the box office. Oh, my God. So going into the, the box office here, uh, it made like what? I think it was like twenty five million dollars opening weekend. 25. It was uh, still number one uh, for the weekend, but it's very low. I believe the movie is budgeted at $180 million. And, uh, plus, uh, plus, plus, of course, marketing, marketing and stuff. Yeah. yeah, so it's got to make a lot of money to break even. And, uh, yeah, it's this article is a variety article that's sort of giving their thoughts as to why it might not have uh, made uh, the money that it, you would think it would deserve. You know, I would say, like, just having watched the movie, it deserved to have made more, in my opinion. Um so, despite the best laid plans of Hollywood studios and cinema operators, the movie theater business is still struggling to mount a recovery from COVID-19. For a while, the box office poised for a comeback with a string of pandemic-era record opening weekends, including A Quiet Place Part Two at $48 million, F9 at $70 million, and Black Widow at $80 million in June and July. Despite a few well-timed theatrical hits, multiplexes aren't home free yet. The persistent uphill battle that faces the film industry was illuminated last weekend with the release of The Suicide Squad. The R-rated comic book adaptation has all the makings of a box office hit. A stellar reviews, charismatic supervillains, and the cinematic anomaly of Sylvester Stallone as a digitized shark. However, the Warner Brothers movies felt the Warner Brothers movie fell short of expectations, earning $26.5 million in its first three days of release of North America. The Suicide Squad generated another $35 million internationally, uh, taking its overall tally to $72 million. Those figures, while not entirely unexpected considering the ongoing pandemic, are disappointing because the studio spent a massive $185 million to produce the film and at least $100 million on promotional efforts in the hopes of steering its DC property in a direction that is both critically and commercially viable. So what went wrong? For one, the Delta variant has caused the country's COVID-19 cases to surge, making audiences more hesitant, hesitant to visit their local multiplex. In an interview with Variety last week, John Fithian, the head of the national or the head of NATO, acknowledged the concerning lack of consumer confidence. But as more people get vaccinated, he hopes moviegoers will return. That confidence level has such has very much improved with rising vaccination rates. I hope that the Delta dip, let's call it, that is short term. So at the same time, the film wasn't only available on the big screen. It was released simultaneously on HBO Max, which likely cannibalized ticket sales to an unknown degree. So, yeah, uh, let me see here. I'm going to just go to I'm going to skip ahead on this article here. And Troy, I'm going to let uh, give you or I'm going to go ahead and let you say um, your thoughts on the two reasons that were given so far. So far, this article says COVID and HBO Max. What are your thoughts on those two? Uh, listen, there's only one reason this movie flopped, and it, it's not COVID. Like, COVID, it, 
it's gonna da- COVID is gonna damage all box office to a certain extent from going forward, yes. right? Even okay. if a movie does good, it'll probably have done even better with without COVID, like Black Widow, right? But that's not gonna cause a movie to bomb. Like right. we've okay. seen already that movies have done good. It's the and this goes for the same thing with Disney. We talked about it last time with with uh, Disney and their uh, things going to Disney Plus. With this is HBO Max. The these studios are sabotaging themselves by putting it on their streaming services. They don't realize that they're sabotaging themselves because listen, I can't even tell you how many. Okay, matter of fact, I'm gonna ask you this, Lewis. What's up? Have you went to go see one movie in theaters that also played on a streaming service? No. Okay. The, a lot of people, millions of people in the world is, is the same way. Like, if that you got people that's going to that's gonna want to go see it regardless in, in theaters. And then you got a lot of people that... Now, Godzilla did good, but that was the first big movie coming back in theaters. And I don't know how long. But every movie that's going to go on HBO Max, so I'm predicting Dune, any other Warner Brother movies that are coming out, any other... Um, Disney movies, they're all going to bomb because not only can you just watch it at home, but now you can legally get an HD version of a, of a, um, to, to pirate the movie because it's on the TV. So it's easier for people to get it. Like people recorded and then right. People could go right now. And I'm not saying people do this, but I'm saying people could go right now and type in, find, uh, the suicide squad on their computer and get a full HD version of the suicide squad right now and watch it pirate it. So not only are you providing more piracy for your films, but also people could just watch it on HBO max or watch it on Disney plus. So all you idiots are, you idiot, you know, um, big corporations that decided, hey, we're going to put all our stuff on the movie. Listen, all the movies that just went straight to theaters did good. Uh, fast, whatever, 9, 10, or whatever it is, it yeah. did good. It did bad. I mean, it didn't do as good as because, like I said before, with the pandemic, it's not going to do the, the numbers that it would have did, but it did good. They also um, A Quiet Place. It did good. I like how I'm thinking about every the movies I've actually watched in theaters, like old A Quiet Place F9. They, they weren't on streaming service. So you had to go see them. <laughs> and guess what? Do you think A Quiet Place is going to do better than The Suicide Squad? Really? No. It's because they it was exclusively in theaters, so you had to go see it. So listen, it, it <laughs> the movies going to streaming service, every single movie, and, and it's almost uh, pointless to talk about it. Because from now on, every single movie that's going to go straight to a streaming service, we're going to talk about the numbers being disappointed. That's a fact. Because people aren't going to, like, and especially with the uh Let me ask you this. Let me, let's, let's, put that, let's put that test to, the, like, how much do you want to, let's, let's bet $5 on this, right? Okay. Right, here we go. So Black Widow made $80 million mm-hmm. uh, while also debuting on Disney Plus Premier Access. Now, for for as far as we know, Shang Chi is going to be theaters only. Oh, yeah. do you think Shang Chi outperforms Black Widow? Yes, I think it does. I, I think it does. I, I definitely think There's it does. There's no way a brand new franchise Marvel like well, see, here's is going to do eighty million dollars on the opening weekend. Well, here's the thing. Black Widow did eighty million, but they dropped all over the world. Didn't I mean not all over the world, but they dropped overseas and and what's the name? Black Widow didn't do eighty million in the United States alone. Yeah, it did. In the United States alone. Mm-hmm. So it, it, yeah, let's I can pull it up right here. Okay, let's well see. if it did eighty million in the United States alone, I don't know if I agree. I, don't, I, I probably ain't gonna take let's that take, bet. Let's take a look here. Um, 
Black Widow, Black Widow, opening weekend, eighty million dollars. But I'm saying that's what, with Disney Plus. No, but I'm saying did it? I'm saying was that eighty million with U.S. only? U.S. Yeah. I'm saying what does it say U.S. Uh, this is the weekend charts for the domestic uh, box office. Oh, that's domestic yeah. only. Yeah. Okay. It's not international. No international. Well, zero. I mean, listen, uh, that that's solid numbers. But even Black Widow did terrible after that because it dropped you, off. So like, okay, but, and, and here's the difference. But you also got to realize that the difference between Disney Plus and HBO Max, the slight difference is they charge you thirty dollars to see it. HBO Max. Boom, just go put it on. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's and so true. you got certain people that would still rather go see it in theaters than pay the $30, even though they'll have it. But certain people just want to see a movie once. So you know what I'm saying? So if I want to see a movie once, I ain't going to pay $30 to see it. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to just go to the theater. So it's slightly it's different. Bad, bad. Yeah, it's, okay. a, it's slightly different. But we seen there the drop just the next week. Like it, yeah. like with, with this one, we seen the bad right out the gate. But with Black Widow, it seemingly did good. And then, and then it, 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 the clip hit the yeah, like jumping right into it. What's the name? So, but the reality is, the only thing I will say is the movies that we're going to see that come out exclusively in theaters, we're going to see better numbers for those movies than we're going to see for the movies that has to come out on HBO Max as well. You know what I mean? And Fast and Furious was a was a good example of that. Like yeah, it did uh, it did close to what it would normally do, you know? And uh so yeah, I think that's why I bombed, you know, cuz I mean a movie like this, I don't think it would bomb. I I really don't. Like I don't I don't necessarily say it'll been a big hit and made a hundred something million opening weekend, but you it need, wouldn't have bombed. It yeah. like like come on, good reviews, great star. Like that make, article you said, to put up Deadpool numbers. Basically. Yeah, right, exactly. So yeah. I, you know, but again, that like if I was Warner Brothers, you can't be mad at nobody but yourselves because y'all wanted everything on HBO Max. What you think gonna happen? You think you finna have a big hit and it's free? Like come on now, bro. Like, <laughs> I don't work like that. I don't get to sell something and give it away for free and then still think I'm gonna get some money. You know what I mean? Like stop. <laughs> What's it called? Uh, it's gonna uh, the, the people at Discovery are probably gonna like change things around for next year. Luckily, they, they said that because they you know they're merging and stuff and they bought them and stuff. But I will say that at least they can say that they were telling the truth because I called into question about the whole uh, when they announced that they was gonna do the whole slate, the twenty twenty one slate, and back to HBO Max. Yeah, I said I was thinking to myself. I was I was predicting. They're not gonna. It's not gonna be just 2021. It's gonna continue onwards. Yeah. And then now with these with nah. these things, yeah, they gonna realize. I believe, yeah. they can say, oh, we're telling the truth. It was just a 2021 yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, 2022. Absolutely. It's exclusive. And and the thing is, like, they're they're gonna lose so much money because this is like that. The if you think about like Dune, that's another. A hundred something million budget. This movie, Suicide, a hundred something million budget. That all these movies that are coming out, they they spending so much money, and they're gonna lose money on all of them. Like like this is this is like can put companies out of business type of money that they're losing. If you combine all these different movies that they have coming out, didn't they? Did they do um, Space Jam as well? Yeah, that's another one they so lost a shit ton of money. We got on. we got Reminiscence coming up with Hugh Jackman. Yeah. No. I'm excited for um, that. Let's see. Wait, go back up. I don't know what this one. That? Malignant. Uh, James Wan. Uh, uh, I don't know which one. That it's a is. horror movie starring uh, horror okay. movie being directed by James Wan. We got the mini scenes of Newark. We got Dune. Who Dune? They're gonna lose a uh, King lot. King Richard, the King Will Smith. Richard. Will Smith. Yeah, that's gonna be another. Ooh, Matrix, Matrix Four. Four. They're gonna lose. That, is that coming out there? December. Yeah, December yeah that's another one. They're gonna lose Unless a lot of money. Unless they delay it to. They to, might could delay it and then be like, oh, it's not in twenty one, so it's uh, <laughs> so it's gonna be exclusive. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, uh, I don't know what reminiscence is, but it's TBA for this year. So 
Those Who Wish Me Dead. Oh, that, that one already came out. Uh, that one's coming out this oh, year. Yeah, Afro- yeah. yeah, Crime, uh, yeah. Macho. I think it's I think it's coming in October. So yeah, these are the these they, are yeah, all they're, the HBO. They, they're gonna lose a shit ton of money. Uh, but pretty much all these movies that you're seeing that they're gonna lose money for because they're putting them on HBO Max, and so is Disney as well. <laughs> all right. Uh, the other reasons that uh, I'm just gonna give, go back to the article and I just read, read, read this part here. HBO Max on Sunday reported that the Suicide Squad had the second most viewed opening weekend of any film that launched simultaneously on the platform. Since the company didn't provide any metrics to back up that statistic, it's unclear how many people actually watched the movie between Friday and Sunday. More importantly, it's not certain that the Suicide Squad inspired any new HBO Max subscribers. So basically, they're saying that. The Suicide Squad is our second highest debut on uh, HBO Max. You can't believe none of these streaming service shit. Disney tried to pull the same bullshit. Listen, with, I wouldn't believe none of these streamers. If you can't bring up specific numbers, because of course they always going to try to make the shit look better. You yeah. know what I mean? So I don't <laughs> Without be- lying. Yeah. Well, yeah, so I don't want to believe nothing they saying. And like, if you can't give me specific numbers and stuff like that, I don't care about give me what like, Give me that YouTube views. They did 1.6 yeah, million like, YouTube views. Yeah, like I need that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly, something like that. Uh, so, and if anything, that's only going to make it worse because they'll be like, "Damn, that's how much that's how much money in box office." It could have made, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. Uh, says the Suicide Squad also notched an R rating, which limits younger audience members. So they're saying that's three reasons nah. given. They're saying like because it's R rated. Nah, I mean, listen, R rated always will kind of put a little dent in it, but. Come on, man. Tell like, out Joker. Could, <laughs> Joker, billion. Yeah. Deadpool, 800 million. I mean, we could just, like, come on now. That's, that, like. Do so, you think, like, actually, you know, let's, let's, ask, let's ask that. Do you think that, that Deadpool would have made a billion if it was PG-13? I don't think so. I mm-hmm. think it would have made close to it because it almost made a billion and eight, uh, what's the name? But I'm rated, saying, yeah. but what I'm saying is, it's like just uh, 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 our rating might put a dent in it, but it ain't got bombing and a dent in some are two different things. Like what's the name being Deadpool could have hit a billion, but it did seven hundred million. It was still successful. That's still not a bomb. This yeah. is a bomb. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, and it also says I talked about what I said earlier, the cinema scores. So it's got ninety six percent Rotten Tomatoes by critics. Uh, B plus cinema score by audience members, and also cinema score. That's always one of a terrible sight because they just go around asking people. People that are leaving the theater, theater. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, like you got millions of uh, theaters. What if like in the specific theaters y'all went to, they all gave it good reviews, and so they're like, "Oh, we love it." And so what I, like, one of the things that I did, they notice is that that cinema scores tend to tell you the tale of the weekend. So like, if you take the cinema score on Friday, you'll know that word of mouth. Well, the people will be telling their friends, "Oh, this is a good movie," and the Saturdays and Sunday numbers will be good if it's a, a high friday and it's like you know people were excited to see it and it's a low cinema score it'll dip over the weekend because people are telling us like oh just don't, uh, don't go, don't go see, see the movie you know yeah, yeah. so kind of like what daniel tried to do to us and be like man that movie was trash you know so it's yeah. like yeah. that yeah yeah so what i'm saying is people our studios want these a a minus a plus cinema scores because it go tell the audience people to yeah go. people the word of mouth will be positive yeah so uh, but yeah, that's kind of what I was getting at. It's another reason is that audience, the general audience members aren't, you know, like feeling it as much as the critics are. Uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and move on to the next uh, story here. And the next one is about, uh, I, this one's like kind of like, a, I almost put it in extra news, but it's a slow, it's a slow news week. So I just pulled a couple of things here that I noticed that I just wanted to talk about. Uh, the biggest deal in TV history it's the South Park creators. They signed a massive uh, $900 million deal with Viacom CBS. 
And it says here, the, car, the creators of South Park have signed a new deal with Viacom CBS that will pay them more than $900 million over the next six years. And it's one of the richest deals in TV history. Trey Parker and Matt Stone will use the money to make new episodes of South Park for Viacom's Comedy Central Network and to create several spinoff movies for the company's Paramount Plus streaming service so maybe we're gonna get a a, a south park two a, a second movie finally uh, the party said thursday their first project under the new deal will be a movie set in the world of south park that will debut sometime before the end of the year in the world of south park that means it's not it's gonna be like a spin-off movie yeah. oh man whatever but that's just one i'm sure they're still gonna have a lot there's of the, yeah there. yeah exactly then the deal with parker and stone is the clearest sign Yet, uh, Viacom CBS's growing commitment to Paramount Plus. The streaming service trails the likes of Netflix and Disney Plus, but has added millions of subscribers since it rebranded back in March. Yeah, CBS All Access was trash. <laughs> Viacom CBS is looking to the addition of South Park movies to accelerate its growth. This series remains the most popular TV show on Comedy Central. Damn, that movie, that show is like, that show is. Is really old as hell, like twenty plus years, I want to say, yeah. and it's kind of interesting that even like young people that are, you know that didn't grow up, down. Yeah. yeah, it got passed down, and they, yeah. they got they came into it, and what's really interesting is like I feel like South Park is literally propping up Comedy Central on its own back by itself. Yeah, like it's holding it up because I don't <laughs> even hear about Comedy Central. It no used more. to be big back in the two yeah, thousands. Like, yeah, I didn't even know they were still in anything. But, <laughs> oh, shit. That's fucked up. All right. So Chris McCarthy, the president and chief executive officer of the MTV Entertainment Group, approached Parker and Stone about extending their deal with Comedy Central and getting some South Park programming that would be exclusive exclusive to Paramount+. Plus. The company's current strategy is to use its biggest hits on cable to lure customers to its streaming service. Earlier this year, McCarthy signed a new deal with Taylor Sheridan, the creator of the hit cable show Yellowstone, to create a spinoff show that will stream on Paramount+. Plus. Now, I'm going to say this. Yellowstone, I see it on the Amazon on charts uh, when I'm doing the, sh the compiling for the, the charts I, I, I remove it because it's a show and not a movie but it's, I know that that show is popular at the end of June, Viacom CBS had more than 42 million, oh my god, 42 million subscribers across its streaming services, which includes Paramount Plus, BET Plus, and Showtime. Okay, there, there that's, that's kind of like, you know, you know, massaging the numbers because that's three services kind of like crunched into like, it's hard to tell like how many of that is actually Paramount Plus. As giant media and technology companies compete in the streaming wars, the value of franchises like South Park has soared to record heights. Few, if any, production teams have managed to cap capitalize on the changes in the home entertainment landscape better than Parker and Stone, who own 50% of all online rights to the show. Damn, man, that's getting the bag right there. That's that's some smart business with the savvy thing. They didn't. They yeah. retained the money and the mm. financial rights, and then yeah. they can't get fucked over. Yeah. So happy for them on that one. Um, their new deal, which runs through 2027, covers six more cycles of South Park and includes 14 made-for-streaming movies. Damn, 14. Shh. Okay. And, you know, it's, it's it's possible because you know I don't know if you know this, but they make South Park in a week. Like yeah, every episode, yeah, yeah. they do it in seven days. I mean, days. the animation is so simple yeah. that all they got to do is really do voiceover. That's what they really mostly got to worry about. Yeah, you know? writing, voiceover, yeah. So it's like it takes seven days for them to produce the episode. So like I think it airs on Wednesdays, I want to say. I think it's Wednesdays. So like Wednesday it airs, and they normally like on certain shows, you can say next week on yeah, South Park, and they'll yeah. show you a clip. Yeah. They can't do that because they don't have it. Yeah. It's not been made. And yeah. so they literally like – 
sit down and they write an episode. They they record it. They they do all the stuff all in the seven days for the just in time for it to air the next, the next Wednesday. Yeah. And, and they be cutting it to like the deadline. The, Damn, cutting it down I to the feel wire. Like that shit risky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like fuck. Yeah. Like say, oh man, we turned it in like two but hours. But I say, I think they see. Uh, I honestly think they probably have it all written already, and they just got to do the animation and then get the voiceovers. No, they storyboard like that Wednesday, like Thursday morning. They go into the meeting and they're like, all right, what are we gonna do? You know, because they what they, they do is like they're they're very topical. Like South Park, I don't know if you've been watching it lately, but it, they always cover what's on the news like right now yeah. because they're always so timely with their references and uh-huh. what's going uh, on with okay. like COVID yeah. and all this other uh, stuff. They okay. they cover the political stuff like right, right now, uh, okay. and so uh, that's one of the things that makes them relevant. And yeah. uh, and I'm thinking to myself if they if they can appro- take that approach. And make it into a movie, nineteen or fourteen uh, streaming movies. I'm gonna have to check them out because I wonder how to how are they operating right now with this whole like cancer culture era we living in. Yeah. Because like when they came, they didn't give a fuck about that. They'll yeah. say the most controversial, and that's what kind of made that's what made them popular. But I haven't watched them in like fifteen years, so I don't know like if they still like that yeah. or if not. They you are. know. But but I noticed like a lot of people that's already like if you've already been known for controversy before cancer culture, I think you're. Cancel proof, like yeah. you're, you're cancel proof. Like Chris Rock can get up and say any goddamn thing, racism, no matter what, and he ain't gonna get canceled because he's already he's known for that. So you can't cancel someone that's been saying shit for years. Like yeah. you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, that's true. Like it's one of the things that's like, oh, you're gonna now you're gonna win. It's like kind of like ridiculous. Like you want to cancel me now for it? What about all the shit I've been saying, saying for yeah, the last yeah. 10, 20 years? Right, yeah, right. So. Some certain people, like Quentin Tarantino, he's another one. Like yeah, is certain people unless you do something like Harvey Weinstein yeah. where you like raping women and stuff like that. But if you just for shit you say and things like that, I don't think you know certain people is cancel proof. Like yeah. So uh, so Troy, what are your uh, your thoughts on a damn a billion? That's basically a billion dollar. I mean deal. that 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 is a uh, it's congratulations on them, man. It's like uh, that. That's always good news to hear when the creators, like the original, because you'll be surprised at how many people create something and then something, like the company but, takes it from them. Yeah, know. and well, not really take it. They'll sell their rights for both cheap, and then they'll make trillions off of it, <laughs> and they're broke as hell. You know what I mean? So they were smart enough to do good business, and now they're very wealthy men because of it, and they got creative control and all this other shit, and it's and on then, a good platform and. and and then if they want you, and if they come in the company wants you to do more, they'll pay you for doing the, more. Yeah, right. Exactly. So it's so. like uh, they they just got the best deal right now in Hollywood. So yeah, it's, great. it's like the like when I when I think of like the biggest deal in TV history, I'm thinking like, do you remember when Dave Chappelle was on Comedy Central and he did like he yeah. had a fifty million dollar deal yeah. for two years, two years, and I'm yeah. like, damn, and that then was this crazy. Is but this blew that out the water. Million, yeah, nine hundred million for six. Yeah, they made they almost did a billion. You know what I mean? So that's Let me crazy. See. Let's look, let's see. How much is that per year? Like what? Two, four, six, eight? I don't even know. That's like, that's like 150 million a year per year. Huh. No, it's more than that. Let's see. Let's get it's six years, right? It's six years. So you got 900. I think it's like two something. Divided by let's six. Six. That is 150 million a year. Oh, 150. Oh. Okay. Damn, that's 75 million a pop for each of them. Sheesh. Shit. All right. Um, we'll uh, we'll go ahead and move on to the next uh, the next topic here. It says, okay, this is the last story on top news. AMC Theaters, and this is, a, you're probably not going to like this news. Uh, AMC Theaters has agreed to a shorter uh, release window, a shorter theatrical window with Warner Brothers. So it used to be, and it still kind of sort of is, it's 90 day exclusives 
Uh, AMC previously signed a deal with like Universal where it's like, I think it was like 15 days with Universal. Uh, I forgot another one was like happened recently where it's like now it's 45 days with this company and now it's 45 days with Warner Brothers as well. So they're joining the next part. Um, also in a separate, uh, this is also in the same headline or in the same article. I don't know why it's a completely unrelated story, but it says the company's quarterly earnings call happened and AMC announced that it's going to accept Bitcoin payments for tickets and concessions. Which yeah, is really that, weird. I mean that. I mean that. You're gonna start saying that all over the world as as currency. You know, yeah, as, yeah. Cryptocurrency is gonna start making its way into more, you know, markets and stuff like that. So it, it's just for some reason theaters are doing it first. I don't know what the yeah. fuck. I don't know like when Tesla's like, oh, we're accepting Bitcoin now. Yeah, yeah. Um, AMC theater has uh, theaters has reached a formal agreement with Warner Brothers to show the studio's 2022 slate on the big screen for an exclusive 45-day window. It was Paramount. That's who I was thinking about. Okay, right now Paramount's uh, window is 45 days. Now yeah. Warner Brothers joins Paramount yeah. in that. Um, the news is not surprising because Warner Brothers has had a similar plan in place with Cineworld, the owners of Regal Cinema, since April. I forgot about that story. Um, however, the announcement is comforting to film operators who feared that the pandemic would spell the end of the theatrical window, the period of time in which movies are only available in theaters. Many of the biggest movies released since uh, the onset of COVID-19 premiered simultaneously on streaming services such as HBO Max and Disney+, Plus, which is a deviation from pre-plague times. In the company's quarterly earnings call, AMC announced that by the end of the year, it will accept Bitcoins. And the company is also building the technology to accept Apple Pay and Google Pay by 2022. Why the hell did they not already do that? I know. That's crazy. Like, Apple Pay has, like, been around, like, for a long time. I mean, that's also, like, one of the good things about Apple Pay and Google Pay. It's supposed to be contactless. You just, yeah. like, uh, yeah. Bluetooth your payment yeah. through the... To the machine. Okay. The move to embrace cryptocurrency is a nod to the new base of younger retail investors that AMC has attracted in recent months and has uh, has been embraced as a meme stock. The company's shares have purged. I'm sorry. The company's shares have surged, propelled by populist sentiment rather than financial de data. As a nod to this new reality, AMC shook up its earnings calls, choosing to answer questions from its broader investors base and only sparing a few minutes for the analysts who, uh, who closely follow the company. Uh, so um, I'm just going to go ahead and stop the article there. It's really nothing uh, to, uh, to really uh, expand about it. So let's see here. Let me just read this part here because it's caught my eye. Aaron, I'm, uh, Aaron said, it's no secret that AMC was not happy when Warner Brothers announced that all its 2021 movies, a slate that ranges from Space Jam, Dune, to Matrix 4, would premiere simultaneously on HBO Max, the company's budding streaming service. Uh, executives at Warner Brothers maintained that it was a one-year concession for the pandemic and that the studio would turn to keeping its movies exclusively in theaters in 2021. It's especially gratifying 2022. that 2022. Ah, 2022, yes. It's especially gratifying that Warner Brothers is yet again embracing a theatrical window, Aaron said. For us at AMC, it's especially pleasing to be working so harmoniously with Warner Brothers once again. That is such marketing speak. I always... Man, you know people backstab each other all the damn time when it comes to these kind of things, but whatever. Um, so let me ask you this, Troy. Um, I know you're like, you like the theatrical experience and stuff like that, but we're talking about literally cutting the theatrical exclusivity window in half. You know what I mean? So movies that, you know... Is that in half? Yeah, 90 45, yeah. 45, oh yeah. 45 times oh, yeah, two is yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so yeah, like it just... When you think about like A Quiet Place Part Two. 
45 days after it re- uh, released, uh, it went to Paramount Plus. Yeah. And then we saw like it became immediately it became irrelevant at the box office. Like yeah, just yeah. dropped off. Yeah. Now you can say you know is it because it was on Paramount Plus or is it just it was it gonna be fading out anyways? You know. What yeah. I mean? I mean that's the uh, like that's the thing in terms of my preference. I prefer it to the traditional way of always has always been, but. Um, I don't really, from a business standpoint, I could kind of understand what they're doing because a lot of movies, they make a big percentage of their money in like the first two or three weeks. Yeah. You know, opening weekend is really how you find out if a movie is going to be successful or not. Yeah. You literally know the weekend after it opens, oh, this is a huge hit or, oh, this is a huge bomb. Yeah. And then you, and then the rest of it is just the legs the worst... to keep it going or it just keeps falling off. Yeah, or like at most, you like, you'll find out on the second weekend if it's a hit at the latest the right right weekend. you know so i feel like you know i think what they're doing is they're kind of trying to clip the edges of where you know that that, that time where films just be in theaters and no one really seeing it no more like you've worked at the theaters you know like those last two or three weeks where films like if you go in there no one's in there no yeah. more because even if it was a hit but it's yeah. like that you know it's been in theaters two months already and nobody ain't even really you know going to it no more so, i think they're yeah, clipping so- that off yeah i yeah they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna cut a lot of movies i would say like it probably uh works with the like the laws of averages and makes it so like okay 45 days that's about as much relevance you're gonna have in the box office anyways yeah but there are outliers like things like uh i can think of like the hangover i think of taken the first liam neeson movie yeah uh like taken on weekend number 10 was still selling out yeah gone girl yeah gone girl um a lot of movies like have like legs. Like Into the Spider Verse, I believe, was also uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Because uh, Into the Spider Verse actually didn't do good. I mean, didn't well, do first, that great. But it played, first, it played but it long. Stayed, yeah. yeah, it played long. Uh, the Greatest Showman. Yeah, uh, the Greatest Showman. You know, those, I mean, it's a, it's a, those it, are outliers. Yeah, they're not think, common. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's the thing. Like, I think they're going by the majority, and they're trying to you know, because you always have exceptions for the rule, the yeah. r- the rule. And I think they're just going by the vast majority of how to how it usually plays out and that's why it kind of goes to my thing like a lot of people always talked about for the number of years now that how theaters might die I've been saying no it's not the theaters it's the DVDs straight to Blu-ray DVDs like hardcore media I mean physical medias that's what's leaving because they're trying to what they're trying to do now is like help their streaming services from like look remember this hit that was in theaters now it's on the streaming service you know what I'm saying and it make people want to like oh shit they already got I don't know Spider-Man on Disney Plus blah 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 or you know what I mean and it's like I think that's the strategy and I think that completely eliminates like hard media like we're not gonna and, and I say in like two years we're not even gonna be able to get a Blu-ray no more like maybe mm. you know maybe if we go to like some pawn shop or some shit like some store that still sells them or something but like as far as like going to target walmart like stuff like that in two years i don't even think we're going to be able to go get a blu-ray or a, a dvd i think all that's going to streaming services and i think that's what's going away not theaters i think the yeah, theatrical experience is still much, useful it's like going to a concert it's an experience you pay for yeah it's, it's like an a, experience yeah. and i think it's gonna yeah. and it helps and actually helps from a marketing standpoint help the streaming service because if it, it's gives ex- a, it, it like it gives it that legitimacy yeah it's right like, right it, it's kind of like it's so interesting interesting to think about like when a movie comes straight to theaters and then or if that same movie goes straight to 
straight to streaming or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Or it to, feels something about it feels like straight to DV, straight yeah. to home or something. Yeah, like, like it's it's a lesser quality. A people, lesser, ju- yeah. people judge it. Judge it differently. Yeah. yeah, and that's why I think it's so stupid how Warner Brothers put all their stuff on HBO Max like day and day because it, really it could have been smart. You could have rather it bombed or not. You could have had it exclusively in theaters and then like look y'all now it's already on HBO Max and uh, however long forty five days. Look, it's already come to HBO Max. I think it would have helped out regardless. So it's so stupid to me to have them simultaneously. Yeah. So it's almost like it's almost as if like theaters, like having your movie play in theaters is like a marketing campaign marketing for, for that, your home rental. Or but your home and video. then what's so genius about it is doing two things: it's making you money in the box office while it's, it's there, and then and it's, it's also you marketing your streaming service for when it comes to the streaming service. You know what I mean? So it, it works in both hands. So I, I can understand this business move. Me, I don't have a big problem with it because at the end of the day, I can still I, look. I seen Suicide Squad three times in one weekend so if it's a movie that i want to see 45 days is more than enough time for me to see it on the big screen but true, true. i prefer the three months if i had to choose all right we'll go ahead and uh, and move on to the uh to the extra news here and we got i believe it's 12 items on the list i didn't i don't remember off the top of my head i only see the first four uh number one godzilla versus kong writer wants a monster verse movie with no humans that is never gonna happen no that's just that's just stupid i ain't gonna lie it's gonna be expensive I, yeah it's gonna be expensive and it's just gonna be no that's <laughs> i hate that idea i hate that idea. no but you know what let me just let me just let me retell you that's that that sentence and let me just say you uh, this is sound more appealing transformers writer wants a transformers movies with no humans yeah that's that's uh, even worse. What? Yeah, oh, that's come even on, worse. Man. That's even worse. Nah, that, hell no. Listen, humanity is what film is all about. Like, you take away what, like, the character development is literally you what makes a movie. You can give all the character development to Bumblebee and Optimus Prime. Oh, fuck no. Like, we, you, I want to see heart. I want to see, like, you. Come like, on. I react to I, I, I have more feelings for Optimus Prime than I do for Shia LaBeouf in Transformers. Yeah, but that's just, yeah, that's because they're, tr- they did a <laughs> bad <laughs> job. Like, they did a bad, <laughs> you do a bad job. Of course I'm robot gonna feel better but what i'm saying is but what i'm saying is like the the you you, we uh, appreciate uh, like a human soul like when a human is breaking down crying we feel that like you know godzilla i mean sorry kong has a soul man have you seen those eyes yeah yeah kind of dude listen but i think it's the it's the combination of seeing a monkey react to a human or an animal or a robot react to a human is what gives the emotion right because you know it's, it's that chemistry between the the human and the thing but if you just got two robots or two monsters loving each other, I'm like, I don't want to, I don't give a fuck. Like, <laughs> nah, man, that takes away, it takes away what cinema is about. This is why Martin Scorsese says, like, stuff ain't cinema these days, because people are, like, doing this kind of shit. Like, nah, bro. Oh, my God. You know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, t- I'm gonna try to figure out a movie that has, like, two inanimate objects that are in love or, you know, that makes you feel what's soul or whatever, you know what I mean? But whatever. Now, number two, Chronicle 2 is in the works at Fox and will be a female-led project number three the third dwayne johnson jumanji movie is still in the works number four bam margera sues paramount johnny knoxville and spike jones over jackass forever firing number five james gunn has revealed in an interview that the suicide squad were originally going to fight a mind-controlled superman Ooh! <laughs> how did you not know that damn <laughs> how did you not know that number six uh james gunn is returning for more dc projects and i can tell you right now uh next year and early next year in hbo max there's gonna be uh the john cena uh what's his name peacemaker, what's peacemaker uh hbo max series 
And I believe it was eight episodes, I want to say, that was greenlit. And out of those eight episodes, James Gunn is directing five of them. He has already directed five yeah. of them. Uh, number seven, a Hunger Games prequel movie is going to shoot in early 2022. Oh, I'm not excited for that. <laughs> number, uh, number eight, Amazon's Lord of the Rings wraps production with a 2022 release window. So season one is done filming. Uh, number nine, this is a rumor. Miss Marvel may be delayed to 2022. That was coming out this year? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's definitely. I think that's true because there ain't no hype behind that at all. It was supposed to come out like around the time Hawkeye. Like, it was a 20. Hawkeye and I was like, what if Hawkeye and Ms. Marvel were the last three? Yeah, I think I, I agree with that because we're getting too close to the end of the year now. And like, we've seen a bunch of shit from what if and and uh, and not Hawkeye yet, but uh, we know Shang it's coming Chi. November. Yeah. yeah, we, you know, but I, I haven't heard nothing from Ms. Marvel at all. So, I, well, we, we know we covered it in a previous a podcast episode where we covered that Ms. Marvel was film finished filming. Yeah, yeah. But I'm so. saying just in terms of hype for a movie, like to get ready to release a big movie. That's there's no trailers. To, there's no them, yeah. nothing to get people like, oh, shit, it's coming, you know. Number 10, Cobra Kai star Zolo Maridueña to star in DC's Blue Beetle, which I believe is an HBO Max series or, or movie. Yeah. I, uh, number 11, Elliot Page is to be honored at, uh, or sorry, Elliot Page is to be honored by LGBTQ, uh, LGBTQ Film Festival Outfest. They got a film festival? Uh, I guess so. Dedicated just to them or what the fuck? Yeah, Outfest. I mean, you're out. Yeah, it makes sense. They just sort of, uh, yeah. it sort of uh, explains itself by the title. But uh, Elliot Page, you know, she recently, like in last year, I want to say, yeah. became a uh, transition from Ellen Page to Elliot Page. Yeah. Uh, number 12, Netflix is requiring all its employees and visitors to get vaccinated. I did not fully write down that sentence there. Uh, but yeah, uh, last week we covered on Extra News that Disney is requiring all its employees to get vaccinated. Now Netflix is joining that group. Number 13, Walt Disney. Uh, oh, yeah, it was 14 items total. Okay. Number 13. Walt Disney Animation opens a new Vancouver studio uh, for a long-form series uh, productions. So that's cool. So they're they're basically making a, stu a studio in Canada stri strictly for Disney Plus shows. So, uh, and number fourteen is the box office report. I don't really have anything to say about that. It's just the same thing. It's the weekend box office roundup. It's open at Suicide Squad open at twenty six million. Jungle Cruise on its second weekend dropped fifty four percent and made fifteen million dollars. Nah, but look, look at look at that. Look at this box office, the top five. This tells you something, right? So Suicide Squad didn't do good in the box office. Jungle Cruise didn't do good in the box office. Space Jam New Legacy didn't do good in the box office. Old, which uh, exclusive to theaters and a very low budget, that's only the one movie that's doing good in the box office. Black Widow also didn't do really good in the box 174 office. 174 million is not good. No, I mean it didn't do good. I, I mean, mean, no, but that that but it gotta make money. It don't matter what it makes. Like it, it gotta make back money. The budget plus the uh, yeah. plus the uh, marketing, they gotta make like five hundred million just for them to to feel like it, it, it did something. So yes, one hundred seventy four million. Um, it looks all right, but no, that's not what they <laughs> trust me. One hundred seventy four million. They're crying right now with the, <laughs> with that with that number. So yeah, no, Black Black Widow didn't do good. So if you look at that time. Five, all of those except for one 
uh, also went to a streaming service, and all of them were disappointing box office numbers. Look at this. Snake Eyes was exclusive to theaters. Yeah, and but it's that third, movie was going to And bomb. it's third weekend. Yeah, but listen, you got some movies that were going to bomb no matter <laughs> what it came out. That, that would have always... That could have came out in 2018 and would have bombed. Like, it, that has nothing to do with pandemic, nothing to do with none of that. It just... No one gave two shits about that. So, that's just a bomber. You know what okay, I mean? Okay, all right. I'm just going to throw that out. I was going to throw those numbers at you. Look like Snake Eyes, exclusive. No, that, no, that shit Weekend don't. number three. And Listen, the the, we, we still got the reality of movies sucking and bombing now. We can't just exclude like that was a thing. Some movies gonna bomb regardless, like, <laughs> and that's one of them. All right, cool, cool, cool. So we have uh, thirteen well, items to talk about. What you want to talk about? I say, man, damn. As much as I loved, and I mean, I love the Suicide Squad. I th- like I already told you, I think it's a masterpiece. I gave it a 10 out of 10. It's one of the best comic book movies I've seen in recent years. But if they would have fought Superman, <laughs> bro, think how fucking dope that would have been. And then what's crazy is I think they got a game coming out called uh, Suicide Squad Killed the Justice League. Yeah. And in that trailer, Superman showed up. So it's crazy that, like, I wonder if that, like, I wonder if some one of them stole the idea from it. Either the game kind of stole that idea. I'm assuming that the game came out. The idea came out first because the game developers mm. take longer than movie than movies. Right. So I'm assuming they probably it's just a coincidence. But man, I'm not gonna lie. I I mean, listen. I don't know if it would have worked as well because Superman is so damn powerful. powerful. How the hell? Suicide Squad are very human. A humanly yeah. type of people. I don't know how it worked. But again, that's what makes for better writing. You gotta figure it out. I mean hell they could make- well they had they said they said in uh and you see this in the trailer where it was like it just Elba's character had his kryptonite bullet you yeah know? you hit him with a kryptonite bullet so exactly so yeah. like maybe they do something where he get hit with a kryptonite bullet and he fighting with a bullet in him and he like fuck like he literally superman literally got a bullet in him with a kryptonite and then the suicide still throwing squad hands. yeah with the <laughs> suicide squad so it's like <laughs> things like that like you come up with it so yes in theory it's like come on it wouldn't work but I mean shit they doing it in the video game and then if I'm not mistaken in the video game they got the characters from in this shit like like you know, well, I think it's Deadshot instead of Peacemaker but it's like Deadshot, Harley Quinn, King Shark and um, Boomerang was yeah. the ones they showed in the trailer and it's yeah. Superman so it was like so obviously they're gonna figure out some way to make it work in the game so but that would have just been cool man I would have I would have liked to see that and, and if anything I'd like to see maybe a sequel I don't know if we're gonna get a sequel now because of these numbers but if they do a sequel I think that'd be something I'd like to see Superman in that bitch. In an in interview with Film Starts, which is a German entertainment news outlet, Gunn revealed an idea that he had for the Suicide Squad. And the quote reads, when I started writing the Suicide Squad, one idea was that they would fight Superman. The Suicide Squad has to catch Superman for some reason. That was all. That was all. Just a vague idea. It had gotten out of hand. Um, it's gotten out of hand or is being controlled by someone. And then this is, uh, and then this group of lousy supervillains has to face the most powerful hero in the world. So, yeah, that, that, uh, that sounds... I'm guessing there was never a script. It was just an idea. Yeah, like he probably like yeah. When I mean, yeah. you go through the script writing process, you probably come up with multiple ideas and you pick the best one. But I think that would have been cool. And also, I got to talk about like, listen, I'm a fan of Blue Beetle as a as a DC character. I I, I am a big fan of Blue Beetle, but I don't know if I'm a big fan of of. Um, I'm not. I don't know if I'm a big fan of this idea of movies coming straight going like these exclusive HBO Max movies. Like mm. I don't know. Like they're doing it with Batgirl. I already some stuff that I already talked about that I don't like about that. Um, and now 
they're doing it with Blue Beetle as well. So I don't know. Like that's something I'm gonna have to see and see if I'm gonna like that idea of movies going straight to HBO Max. Cause so far I don't really like that idea. And uh, but we'll see. And I don't know if I'm on board with this yet either. But I'm excited about a Blue a Blue Beetle possible movie. But I don't know, man. It says uh, he's. Uh Let's see here. Mario um, um, Duenya confirmed that he's also found out about his new role. He just got the news today, and which is less than 24 hours hours ago. The Cobra Kai star replied. Let's see here. The only thing I'm, that's on my mind right now is that is just the fact that he's Latino. I have so much pride in getting to be a part of this project with Angel, someone like him. He said, "I think it's uh, so important, and I don't want to uh, stand on the soapbox for too long. But representation is so important." Yeah. So I mean that's cool, but I just I don't know. Hopefully it's good. That's all I can say. But something about it feels bootleg or straight. <laughs> like something about the idea. Give him, of, give him that the theatrical. Yeah, like yeah. that's like when we yeah we just talked about that. Something about these movies going exclusively to HBO Max make it feel like they it's cheapening it. Like it's cheaper. Like ah, uh, well these are the HBO Max movies. This are theater movies. Like you know that's how I feel. So I don't know. Uh, imagine if like Wonder Woman three HBO Max exclusive. Oh God, well, I, I'm gonna be done with that. <laughs> look, well, look, we have a, a Snyder cut as yeah, but that's Warner different. That's different. We know that's different. Like that was way different because that was a movie that should have been in theaters. I wonder why they're just gonna make. I, I don't know why they didn't just make Chronicle two to tell you the truth. Like I wanted Chronicle yeah, uh, two yeah, with the same the, characters. Yeah, now, with the same characters. It's like they're trying to do the force. Like they, the same thing they did with uh, Ghostbusters. Feels, like, yeah, it, it like, feels like they're just doing like a rebookal. You know? Yeah, rebookal, and then it's like, oh yeah, let's uh, make it all women. It's like, why do they gotta be? <laughs> I don't mind. Listen, I don't mind women being in it. I don't even mind a woman being the main character. But it's like to me that makes it feel like it's some kind of hidden agenda. Like oh they all got it. They did the same thing with uh block, with um Ghostbusters. It's like oh they're all women. Like they're making a statement or something. It's like it bombed. So I oh, don't know, man. Oh man, I hope this movie doesn't bomb. Well, actually no, I take that back. I don't know, man. Like what if okay, what if it was gonna be like this? You get you make a Chronicle two with all females, and then in Chronicle three, the last dude from the surviving member of the Chronicle one, they like they have like a little crossover, you know, for Chronicle three. That would be. I'll be into that. I'll be into that. But see, the characters got to be cool in the Chronicle too. Like if they're women and they're all like, you know, super sensitive women and stuff, and it's like it's, it don't work. Then it's like I'm not gonna be excited to see them crossover. So <laughs> yeah. I hope like it. You know, I just wish plus they would have gave us the sequel. Plus man. that guy's like ten years older. And stuff, yeah, so. I wish, and then he probably don't even look like a kid no more. <laughs> like an old man. But like I just wish they would have gave us a, a, a sequel to that man. Like true, true, damn, true. I love that movie. True, true, true. Uh, yeah, I don't really have anything else to say about anything else. Do you have anything? You um, and James Gunn returning to do more DC films. I really believe that. I, I really think because one thing I feel like they had a work a great working relationship you mm. know what I mean I think because DC first of all they came in and scooped them up when Disney uh hold mm. them out you yeah. know and uh and so I think he who he James Gunn will always have a special place in his heart for them for doing that and then also they from my understanding they let him do whatever they want it yeah. was no studio interference no and that's Rated part, R and everything, right yeah. and that's partially why you see this movie and it just feels like a a dude that literally had no restrictions like he's doing all kind of things with the structure that's very ballsy he's doing like you said with the right the letters and shit like he's so risky think, in this movie. I think it's easier for him to do that when you're not working with like a Superman or a Batman because 
you don't have to worry about like the the next movie or the franchise yeah. or like there's no meddling. There's no need to meddling. Who the cares? Who cares about who polka cares? dot man? Yeah, polka right. dot man. And then it fits well with James Gunn because James Gunn he's more interested in these obscure characters. Like like with Marvel he did Guardians of the Galaxy. With with DC he did Suicide Squad. And I think they offered him Superman. They was like, hey, you want to do Superman? He's like, nah, I'd rather do Suicide Squad. So like he you know it fits him perfectly where he could do whatever the hell he want you know what i mean so i think i, I think it's kind of interesting like I, I don't know who's better at it but who if it's disney or warner brothers but it i want to give the edge to warner brothers and it feels like warner brothers is more uh at least just from optics standpoint they're more easier to partner with than disney uh that's I, to me i, I disagree patty I, jenkins you got I, your well, you know, Zack Snyder at the time, but, you know, whatever. I, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, 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 I see what James Wan or James like, Wan, you know, yeah. like, it seems like they're, like, okay with giving them more carte blanche, whereas Disney, you got to play, play by our rules, and you got to make the movie that we're telling you to make. Yeah. I, I mean, I... That's I, what I'm saying. I, I understand what you're saying. I, I just think that I feel like with, with Warner Brothers, their movies, they're not connecting. They're not doing as good of a job connecting their DCEU. Yeah, yeah, So, yeah. I like, if you think about it, you watch Aquaman. You do, Matt Reeves, do whatever you want. You yeah, know what I mean? Aquaman has nothing to do with nothing. Like, yeah. you watch it, it's its own movie. So, they literally tell James Wan, do your thing. Just don't kill Aquaman. <laughs> don't kill none of the main characters. Do your thing. You know, do, and, yeah. and they're just doing that. And so, like, with... with you know, Marvel is like, look, we got this roadmap, so, so you can't do this, this right? This, but this, from this. my understanding, they're still very free with their with their what's the name? They'll just have a specific like, okay, make sure this happens in the movie because this got to connect to this. So just make sure this act that this happened, and then you're good. So from my understanding, it's like they have a good working relationship with all their directors, and that's why so many of their directors come back to direct other movies, like True. James Gunn coming back to do Suicide Squad. I mean, uh, Vol- to do Volume Three, Three, yeah. yeah. So um, I think they both have good working relationship it's just DC they're more free because they don't have a plan they just like make whatever movie you want to do so. yeah that's true okay I guess that's true I guess they so with like more freedom comes less connectedness but right. with, like, yeah so yeah. yeah that's true that's true but like I'm still never going to forgive Marvel for what they did with Ant-Man 1 you know remember like uh, was it oh not, with, not uh, Edgar Wright Edgar Wright uh, yeah, yeah yeah and that sucks because Edgar Wright is an elite director like I'm so like and, and Ant-Man 1 is okay I don't I don't, I don't like that I think the movie's straight I don't like dislike it or nothing but if you're right, Ant-Man, it would have been one of the great um, superhero movies ever. Like, he's the dude that gave us the Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Yeah. You know what I mean? He, Ant-Man, I mean, Edgar Wright is great. And I, he got a movie coming out this year that I'm just excited for. So, yeah. But, yeah, it happens sometimes. Sometimes <laughs> directors don't see eye to eye with the, with the production. That's true. That's true. All right. We'll go ahead and move it on to check this out. And uh, we're gonna do some uh, some trailer reactions without you guys being able to see the trailer because um, again we don't uh, do we don't do we don't play with copyright claims. Actually, I take that back. You know what I was thinking about? I thought to myself last week is like because I'm on someone else's channel. Who gives a fuck? I'm just gonna like put, let them copyright claim that shit. <laughs> but no, no. I I I was like, you know what? I'm not gonna do them like that. Yeah. I'm not gonna do them like that. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, I, I did think about it, but yeah. you know, I'm gonna take care as if I was on my own channel, okay? 
So oh, plus, yeah. I don't want to confuse the format. I don't want to overpromise you guys, and yeah. then y'all follow me, yeah. and like, where are the trailers at? Yeah. Like, yeah. So, uh, all right, we're gonna. Luckily, you know, much like it was a snow, slow news week, it's also a slow trailer week. There were only uh, four trailers that came out, and a fifth one was like a teaser. So for trailers, go. We're gonna start off with Kate. Ooh, let me just mute that. Uh, so for we have a movie starring Mary uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. And it's coming out on Netflix on September 10th. And it also stars Woody Harrelson. Okay. So after she's irreversibly poisoned, a ruthless criminal operative has less than 24 hours to exact her revenge on enemies. So it's basically like a, like a, it's sort of, I seen this trailer. It seems like a by the numbers, like action movie kind of things. Yeah. It's like another Netflix movie. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not excited Have for that. Yeah, I did. And, okay. the, and like, here's the thing. Like you said, we've seen this plot so many goddamn times. Like I, I feel like I'd have seen it's this like, trailer before. Like, it's like, it's like, John Wick, yeah, John but with Wick, woman, and then like a little Kill bit of Bill, crank. a little bit, yeah, a little bit, like yeah, it's like we we've seen this. Uh, what's the movie? Oh dang it, what's the movie? Um, oh, I can't even think of the name. A uh, blonde, Amer- atomic blonde, atomic oh, look, blonde. Look, it says right there. Look, 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 look from the producer, from a producer, from, it's from a producer. producer, from comic book. Yeah, it's like <laughs> uh, we done seen this so many times, man. It's like yeah, I'm sure it's gonna be something about this that's slightly different from the other ones, but it's, it's overall. It's got Woody Harrelson. Oh yeah, well, Woody Harrelson, <laughs> and he's a great actor too. But yeah, I don't know. I'm not excited for this at all. Uh, okay. Well, I do like that actress though. She, I, yeah. And speaking of, uh, I think she is in. We was just talking about Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. I yeah. think she's in it. Yeah, so, she's in it. yeah, and I she's like in it. like Die Hard Four. Four, like, live, yeah. Live free or Die Hard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I like her, the actress. I'm not gonna lie, but the CGI looks shitty, like a video <laughs> game. Like <laughs> just as you said it as like an action. Sequence yeah, happened. like I don't know. All right. Cool. 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 Um, yeah, I don't really have much to say about it either. It's just another run of the mill action movie. I'm glad it, I'm going to be happy it's going to be on Netflix. At least I'll probably check it out and watch it and give you guys impressions. I mean, it's not going to cost me anything other than time to watch it, so it is what it is. Uh, the next one is Cop Shop, and it's a uh, an interesting um, an interesting premise where like uh, it is it stars Frank Grillo and uh, Ger- uh, Gerard Butler, and uh, the movie is about a con artist who decides to run from an assassin and hide inside of a police station. So he gets himself turned in and like arrested, and then all these assassins and hitmen are coming after, are are coming after them by getting inside of the police station, and then just hijinks, uh, action ensues and stuff like that. So I don't know. Have you actually seen the trailer? Do you familiar nah, with the premise? Uh-uh. Or? Nah, I never heard it or seen the trailer. Yeah, what's well, gonna be coming out in theaters next month in September? Let me get you the date here. I, listen, Drop Butler is like I think he's one of the top guys in Hollywood. That's at like at, it's very bad at picking movies. His mo- <laughs> every single movie I've ever just about done every movie I've ever seen him in is bad. Like I don't even think I'm trying to think of a movie that is good that he's ever been in. Maybe a uh, Lombarding Citizen, three hundred. Yeah. yeah, you know, three hundred. And I mean, and that yeah, three hundred. That's a good movie, but that's that's like just all our action fun. But yeah, like he, all his movies pretty much be so damn bad. So it's like when I see a draw Butler movie, even if the premise looks all right, I just gotta assume that it's gonna be bad. Like I don't think he makes good movies ever. He's like, you know how like when Bruce Willis makes a straight to DVD movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Gerard Butler's well, his movies are coming in theaters, but they're just as bad. Just as bad. But <laughs> and the thing about it is, and it sucks. It's very unfortunate because Gerard Butler to me is a solid actor. Like his scenes are like his 
performance is good by like if you just look at him he's good and all of them it's like why do you pick these bad movies bro like you could be in any movie you choose to be in the ter- most worst movies white ever. house down man don't talk shit about oh, white house God, down that movie was so bad <laughs> not white house down is it Wait, no, olympus is falling olympus is That's falling the one. Yeah. sorry 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 yeah I get those mixed up too. Yeah, <laughs> London is falling. Yeah. All of them were yeah. bad, man. London, Olympus. I watched all uh, three of them as I watched all three of those uh, has fallen trilogy unironically. So in yeah. theaters oh, at that. God, man. So, but anyways, uh, yeah, that's Cop Shop. Uh, we'll, the links for these trailers will be in the description. Again, it's like an action movie. Um, and then next up is Cry Macho, which is a Clint Eastwood movie, of all things. It's a Warner Brothers produced movie, which means that it's going to be coming straight to HBO Max, uh, as well as in theaters on September 17th as well. So September 17th is looking a little full. Um, but it's, uh, I saw the trailer, and it's very emotional. Like, like, there's something about, there's like a nerve that it hits me. And I don't know if you've seen the trailer or not. Yeah, I've seen it. Uh, but there's definitely, it, it's... It's interesting that, like, with Clint Eastwood being as old as he is, he has, like, a, a certain wisdom that he wants to impart onto the viewers. Because uh, this movie, like, um, you know, had definitely, like, leans on, like, the miles on Clint Eastwood's face. He's like, yeah, man, yeah. I've been through stuff. Yeah, yeah. I've, uh, I, you know, you, you know, what's kind of interesting is, like, back in the day in the Westerns and stuff like that, Clint Eastwood was, like, the embodiment of, like, machismo and, like, being macho and yeah, being yeah. a man, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's so interesting to him, like, in his older age, is kind of, like, sort of calling bullshit yeah. on his own, like, you uh, know, yeah. machismo and stuff like that. He's like, man, that macho shit, that ain't nothing, man. No, yeah, that's yeah. not it's not important. Yeah. And so it's so, it's an interesting way of, like, you know, sort of, like, imparting and, like, there's like a sort of a certain thing that like it just sort of strikes a nerve with me. Yeah. And I'm very interested in seeing this movie. Okay. So. Okay. Yeah. Like uh, the trailer looked all right to me. Um, it just amazes me that he's still able to get these movies made through Warner Warner Brothers. Like all his movies, uh, be made through Warner Brothers, and like they all make uh, they always make his movies. That's crazy. And uh, but yeah, it looked pretty good to me. I think one of the scenes that I like when he got the little chicken and he like named a macho. He like <laughs> yeah, yeah he's oh, macho. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. You cock macho. Like it was that was like funny or whatever. But it's something about the uh, the um, the the tone to me that make it feels like it's gonna be these scenes that's gonna be heartbreaking. Like it wouldn't yeah. surprise me like if the kid dies or something at the end or something or he dies. You know, we seen it in uh, that movie that he did, Grand Turismo. Yeah, uh, Grand Turismo. Uh, Grand Turismo. It, it kind of got a Grand Turismo feel to it. I or think. Turismo. It's right. Uh, something like that. Grand yeah. Turismo. Turismo or something. Let's but. See. Yeah, it, it kind of has that that feel to it. Yeah, and Grand uh, Torino. Well, that's what Grand it's Torino. Yeah, Torino. Uh, yeah, Grand okay. Torino. Yeah, that's right. But yeah, so I I, I think it, it wouldn't surprise me if they do that. I don't know in terms of quality how good it is because uh, Clint Eastwood as a director these days he's very uh, iffy. Like one movie he might do really good and the next movie bad. Next one good. So really, because I always think he's always good. Like and I think of like Million Dollar Baby and I yeah, think but of, see like, you're going back. Like you got his recent like his more recent movies. They, they haven't been that good like um the last one he did that i like was the plane movie uh there wasn't he didn't he do a movie where he was a drug smuggler smuggler and that, i thought that yeah was that good. movie that, that movie wasn't that good 
Oh, nah, shit. Well, I haven't was, seen it. I've only seen it. Nah, the trailer, I was excited about it because the trailer looked fantastic. Yeah, he was like, he was sweating and yeah, shit. He's like, sweating, yeah, he's sweating and you think yeah. it's suspenseful. No, it's not that good. <laughs> it's not that good of a movie. Trust me. I thought it was going to be that good. But, like, yeah, that, that, I'm telling you, like, he's he's very streaky. Like, his, <laughs> at, at his him as a classic director, he made some all-time great movies. You know right. what I mean? But lately, I'm talking about he's been streaky. So, I don't know if this is going to be one of his good Didn't ones. Didn't he make a movie bad. with Justin Timberlake? Or am I, am I tripping? I don't think I don't, uh, know. I don't, I don't think know. so. But anyways, I'm just I was just think, trying to think about like a filmography like I thought he did or something like that. I don't think so. Let's see here. I'm gonna pull up uh, uh, Clint Eastwood's IMDb. The one he did with the airplane was the last one I liked with uh, with uh, Tom Hanks. That one was really good. All right, so just pulling up his acting stuff. So you got the Mule, which is the one I was talking about. The, the Mule, uh, yeah, that one. Really so American good. Sniper, he was uncredited. Okay, whatever. Uh, Trouble with the Curve. That's the one I'm thinking about. Trouble with the Curve. Let's see who's in that movie. It was uh, Amy Adams, Justin Timberlake. Was oh. it directed by him? I don't know. No, it was not. Oh. It was not directed by oh, him. Okay, so it's just a movie with him in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking about that, but I'm looking at the his acting credits here. But yeah, there's a lot of Million Dollar Baby 04, Gran Torino 08, yeah, Trouble with the Curve 2012. Man, he takes see, four years between movies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but well, because it takes a while to direct films. So, you know what I'm saying? But you notice all his great movies are like a long time ago. Million Dollar Baby 2004. If you look at the movies he's done recently, they haven't been that good. All right. Yeah, so uh, he directed Richard Jewell. Damn. Yeah, Richard Jewell. That was a good one. Okay, that was a good one. That, the fifteen that seventeen to Paris. That was a, isn't that a good uh, one? No, isn't I, that like about a terrorist attack that they was? Yeah, yeah. but I, but that money wasn't that good though. Oh that, shit! Nah, the potential was there. I like Sully. So I like. Uh, oh, I forgot he directed American Sniper. Fuck. Did he direct that? Yeah, he directed that. Damn, Damn that's, a, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, that's see, a good one. See, I was looking at his acting credit, but now I'm looking at his directing credit. His directing credit is better than his acting credit. But go to, but I'm saying not of late, though. But I do like Richard Jewell. I, but the, the Mule wasn't good. 15 of Paris wasn't good. Sully was okay. American Sniper, that was great. Jersey Boys was atrocious. Jay Edgar was atrocious. <laughs> With Leonardo DiCaprio? Oh, my God. That whole was terrible. Uh, uh, I never seen Hereafter. Uh, Hereafter never, uh, was the Matt Hereafter. Damon one. Yeah, I never seen that one. Yeah, I think I saw that one. But yeah, no, it's just uh, we we went on a tangent here. All right, next up, Annette is uh, Amazon Prime movie. It's coming out next week, uh, so it's not gonna be on new releases until next week stuff. But it's a uh, it's an Adam Driver uh, oh, I see that bad. Cotillard movie. I want to see that bad. Oh my so god! So check this out. It Jeez. came out in it came out in theaters last weekend, last Friday, and I didn't. Didn't really Scott direct that too? Uh, directed no, right? Directed by Leo Karak. Oh, oh, okay. It arrived in theaters on August sixth. I'm sure it's limited, and then it's gonna land on Amazon Prime on August twentieth. I'm watching that. I don't. You know what's kind of interesting is like I've seen the trailers, and I am in no way, shape, or form like excited Sorry. at all. Like Damn. I, I, I don't want to watch this movie. These really? trailers don't do anything for me. Oh my god, I'm, I'm, I'm this this movie looks boring to me. I'm, I'm excited, man. It looks it, it looks well shot. Yeah, I will say it looks very, you know, Listen, like the, the level style. of style, the level of acting they have in this. Like Adam Driver, top five actor working today. Marion Cartier, she's a, a Oscar winner. She's an all time great. And then the movie just looks just like creative genius. It looks so artful. Like it feels like it's going to be different. And uh, I like movies that provoke something that's like I have. I feel like I'm going to be experiencing something new. So I'm I'm over the moon about this. 
Academy Award nominee, <laughs> and then uh, Adam Driver, an Academy Award winner, <laughs> Marion Cotillard. Yeah. But trust uh, me, Adam Driver's going to be a winner soon. Like, uh, Adam Driver's character is a stand-up comedian with a fierce sense of humor who falls in love with uh, Marion Cotillard's character, a world-renowned opera singer. Under the spotlight, they form a passionate and glamorous couple. The birth of their first child, Annette, a mysterious little girl with an exceptional destiny, will turn their lives upside down. Damn, that sounds so fascinating, man. I'm so excited for that. And finally, the last trailer, and this isn't much to talk about. It's a Stranger Things you know, season four sneak peek. It's one of those trailers that like flashes very, very fast, yeah. and you have to watch the trailer in like point two five speed just to get everything. But I'm like, yeah. half of this trailer, like the first fifteen seconds, it's a thirty second teaser, by the way. Like the first fifteen seconds is all like this footage from seasons one through three. I so you don't have any new footage. I hate when that, when these trailers do that. Like they they know they need to have something out for marketing, but they don't want to be showing shit so yeah, I hate it <laughs> yeah so they're like reminding you at the end it's like hey seasons 1 to 3 are currently now streaming we're gonna see season 4 come out in 2022 so those are the trailers there wasn't uh, a lot there as far as like exciting trailers or whatever but you know it is a slow trailer week uh, we're gonna go ahead and play a sound effect that I haven't played in I just checked the, the, the tape it's been 6 weeks since I played this sound effect It's time for topic of the show. So for topic of the show, there is, uh, I was sort of having a like writer's block lately and I haven't been able to like, you know, do a topic in a while. So I thought of this one. What are your, uh, what are your thoughts and opinions on director's cuts? Uh, I, I don't like them. <laughs> I, 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 be, well, here's why I don't, it's not that I don't like the director's cut. I just wish that the directors get their cut from the jump. Like, I don't like the idea of this theater version and a director's cut. Like, the director, give the director his cut. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, I, 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 I... It almost kind of makes it seem like the, the theatrical version isn't the director's. Isn't the director's. It's almost like the studio. And a lot of times, that's true. Because, yes, you have a director that's on set telling people what to do. But the studio is edits it and, and tells them that you can't have this or you can't have that. And so, the that's product... That's got to get cut. You know? Right, yeah. So, the product you see on screen... Or, or even better yeah, whenever they do test screenings and then the, the they have to change the ending. Change it, yeah, oh, because yeah. they don't like the ending. Like that kind of stuff, it, it really it, it really always sucked in terms of for the for the, the medium of movie making. And uh, I always didn't like it. But but that being said, a lot of times I love director's cut to see what the director's vision was, and usually the vision was, was better, better than what was in theaters. That's why I was surprised by you said that, by the way, because like I was I'm loved through a director's cuts and stuff. Stuff like that i would like i eat them up i'm like oh yeah let me get that blu-ray because yeah, it's yeah. got the director's, director's cut or whatever cut, yeah. and like um and I, I wanted to ask you a question about like with certain movies like um i like blade runner that like the director's cuts the, like Richard changes really the Scott's, ending yeah it yeah. changes the ending a lot yeah. uh, it's not just changing the context it's changing yeah, like the, the actual whole, story yeah right and so like i wanted to ask you like as far as like canonicity goes we've been seeing stuff like uh the slider cut for mm -hmm. instance you know where, yeah. like it's sort of you know, it already blurred the lines with the BVS director's cut, the ultimate edition. Yeah. And how that, that basically it's, it added context yeah. without changing the canonicity. Yeah. yeah. But this one is like, it's a Completely whole different, different yeah. canon. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on like, in general, do you think that, you know, movies that are like sort of standalone ish when they get a director's cuts, like when you see something, 
Do you feel like that's like uh, I, I would, more canon than the original? Well, no, I actually, because I, listen, I always feel like the movie that come out, whether it's whether I like it or not, the movie that come out in theaters is the is the canon. And I always look at the the director's cut is a what if, like even if it's be, even if it's better or worse, it's like this is what a, like an Elseworlds story. Like if it was a comic book, it'd be like okay, this is an Elseworlds comic book. You know what I mean? So like when I look at the Justice League, like I look at the Justice League, the Snyder cut as a, a the Snyder version, like a Elseworlds version, and I look at the bad version as the canon version, even so, though that's so, bad. So B- BVS the theatrical cut is the canon. Yeah, version. but. Well, see, BVS, here's the thing with BVS. Like you just mentioned, the BVS to me is the same movie. Like BVS, they just it add just, context. It just adds context and to character not, moments. To not, to not, because pl- the theatrical version has plot holes. Plot holes. And it the, just, it, uh, yeah. It fills it in. It like, fills it in. Like you, t- it tells you shit where it's like, oh, that's why that made, well, that's, damn, that should have been in the movie. You know what I mean? Like that's it. Like, but I don't feel like when you watch BVS, the, the, the BVS, the long version, I don't feel like, oh, these are two different movies if you watch the justice league uh theatrical version and the snyder cut they make it it's two different movies Movies, it's still some of the same scenes but in terms of the story it's a different story you know what i mean so uh i feel like in that situation i the bbs situation i feel like it's the same shit but like with stuff like the justice league i feel like you got the canon version and then you got the version that's an elseworld story that's how i look at it so it's kind of interesting that it's like you know the theatrical cuts has, you know, it slaps the director's name on it and everything like that. And it's it's interesting to think how, like, a director, even they may not be dissatisfied or they may be, like, feeling, like, certain, some kind of ways about their movies that they turn in or that gets, yeah. you know, released. So it's, at least they have an outlet, you know, when it comes to, like, home the home releases and stuff like that. I don't think there's ever been a, theat- a director's cut that's been screened theatrically unless there is and I can't think of it off the top of my head. But most of these things, they're just going to be home releases, like straight to VHS, DVD, Blu-ray, yeah. streaming, depending on what era you are. In. Yeah. Uh, but uh, no, I just, I just think it's really, it's, uh, it's interesting to think your, like your, your take on it and stuff like that. I always kind of feel like, uh, uh, I, I, I almost kind of feel like you're right. Director's cuts should be like the thing that should have been made in the, from the, from the jump because from the it's, jump. Yeah. Uh, you know, from a creativity standpoint, it should right. be like, let the artist be through right. the art. Right. Exactly. Uh, and, and executives shut the hell up and move and, away. I mean, and the thing that's was so bad about it and what's so unfortunate about it is like how you said, the name is up there. So as bad as this movie is, I'm going to say so-and-so directed this movie, right? Yeah. When he really didn't want that. Like, like so, David Ayer doesn't like that his name is on, on the Suicide, Suicide Squad. Squad. Yeah, like that's forever going to be associated with his name. Like when someone from 50 years ago, like, hmm, I'm going to watch the Suicide. It was directed by David Ayer and they watch it as a piece of shit. They're like, well, David Ayer did a bad job on this movie. But they don't know that the studio told him he couldn't edit it how he wanted to and all this and all that. You know what I mean? And I think that's what I don't like about it is because it, it, it you know, and it, it could potentially hurt their career too because another studio is like, man, he just made this piece of shit. We ain't gonna hire him, you know. And he like, look, dude, I didn't want to do that shit. Like, now, that know? didn't happen with uh, Josh Trank with Fantastic Four. Yeah, it did happen with Josh Trank. You know, he he, <laughs> he, he got he, he, he got like fired mid, like through the post-production. Well, I, well, to be fair, I think it has something else to do with some other stuff. But but I, I think but yeah, but the point stands. Yeah, though. the point stands. But and so like that's and that's why I think it's so unfortunate. And that's why I think directors part of their job is to try to make sure they don't be in them situations. Like make sure in the meetings that you have, y'all see eye to eye to where they won't hopefully, you know, you could do something where they don't do that. You can tell you like know? and when I was thinking about 
Final Fantasy IV, you can tell the second half of the movie was directed by someone else. Someone else, <laughs> completely. It's a completely, it's different a completely different And the thing about <laughs> what was so unfortunate about Fantastic Four, like the idea of it felt good. Like I felt like it could, in a other world, it could have been a good movie, you know. But it's just too much meddling just ruined the damn movie. And so, um, and I haven't seen Josh Trank work since. Like you know <laughs> what I mean? Like uh, I think he did one Al Capone yeah. movie with Tom Hardy was bad, but uh, he haven't been working since. And like the, them kind of things can ruin your career, you know what I mean? And so uh, that, that's why I just wish there was only one director's cut. I mean, yeah, you yeah. know, just one, one cut. cut. And, yeah. the, and the elite. But it's kind of like it's kind of like a compromise, though. If you think about like when I mean, you think about a theatrical cut, it's like the one thing that everyone can agree on, like yeah, studios yeah. and directors. Like, okay, fine, the, uh, unless you're David Ayer. But, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't like the idea of like the reports are saying like, oh, they locked him out of the editing room. Like that's not yeah. cool. Yeah, no, nah, that's, that's not, cool. not cool. Well, I mean, listen, if you're a lead director, you don't got to worry about this. Quentin Tarantino, Christopher Nolan, Martin Scorsese, Steven Spielberg, Steven Spielberg, yeah. certain directors, they're gonna get their cut. If you see it on big screen, you know it's them because <laughs> a studio ain't gonna say, hey, no, Quentin Tarantino, not, you can't make this. You can't, no. You're not gonna tell Christopher Nolan no. You're not gonna tell Christopher Nolan no. You 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 know what I'm saying? But it took them. They had to get to that point. By making great movies, but some directors don't get to have that same luxury, and they just studios take their movie from them. So, uh, yeah, it, it sucks. It, it really do. But the reason why, I, just to bring up why I feel like the theatrical version is canon, because I feel like if when you do a sequel to the movie, I don't think you, you can do a sequel to the director's cut because the vast majority of the people only seen it in theaters, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? So you can't do a sequel to I a think that's version. What happened. I think that's what happened with Blade Runner 2022 or 2020, yeah. whatever the, whatever the, that the movie. newest Blade Runner. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. think they, they made it the, the theatrical Sequel almost. to the theatrical yeah. instead of Ridley Scott's version. Yeah. yeah. Because, yeah, you can't do it. So that's why I feel like the, even if it's bad, like Justice League, to me, the, 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 the theater version, I hate it, but that's canon to me and I feel like if they do a sequel it's gonna only have to play off of that it's gotta play off of that like so you know but that's yeah. how I feel about it so I pulled up an article here uh, while researching this topic of the show it says 22 directors cuts that massively changed their original movies we're not gonna read the article here uh, because this I'm gonna put a link to it in the show notes though it's got interesting stuff it's give, it gives us 22 directors cuts and it tells us what's the difference it has paragraphs explaining what is different from the original to the, the new one yeah. It gives us all the cuts. It gives us like the run times of the movies. I know movies. they got uh, the legendary Richard Donner Superman yeah. version on yes. here. Yes. That's so, one like, of them that's way better. Like it's crazy how much better that one is. R.I.P. to him too. I think he just passed. Yeah, he did. We just we covered it a few weeks ago. But yeah, so the first one I just wanted to say is the Lord of the Rings trilogy. I have never seen the extended cuts. Uh, the, ex either. the extended cuts only came out on DVD. They may have been released on Blu-ray, but at the time, back in like 01, 02, and 03, there were only DVDs at the time. And so there was like a, a DVD box set where it's like four DVDs per movie. And one of them was like an extended cut where it's like each movie was already three hours long. And now each movie is about about four hours long. So like you can see 178 minutes for like for uh, Fellowship of the Ring, 208 minutes for the extended. That's just crazy. Like that's just too 252 long. minutes for for okay. Return of the King was 201 minutes in the theaters. 252 minutes. That's what is it like? Uh, oh, damn, let, me do, let me do the math on this one here. Calculator. Give me give me 252 divided by 60. And that is 4.2 hours. Yeah. <laughs> 
That's just too fucking long right there. We, I know you're like, fuck you. But I watched I watched the Snyder Cut. That was four hours. Yeah, no, but I'm just saying, like, I felt like, the, listen, the 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 regular version of Justice League wasn't already three hours, and they made it for It's like, to me, that's self-indulgent. Like, damn, my movie's already long as fuck. Let's make it even longer. It's like, God and then, damn. No, if you binge watch all three of these movies, I think it's like 11 hours. God 11 damn, point bro, something that's hours. That's half a day almost. That's like literally half a day. <laughs> Entire day. But you know what? I want to. I'm gonna find them, man. I'm gonna watch God them. God damn. Bro. Uh, but I'm actually will be excited to watch that though. Me being a Lord of the Rings fan. I've seen all three movies theatrically, uh, and so I don't. I don't. Rem- I, had a, I haven't watched it in such a long time. I don't remember a lot actually. So it's kind of faded. But you know what? Before I scroll through the rest of the movies, do you actually want to give any shout outs to any director's cuts that you can think uh, the of? The Richard Donner like, Superman. The Ridley Scott Blade like, Runner. Give um, me like a top three. Best director's cuts to ever to be ever uh, ever, ever be made. I can't even think of, but only ones that come to my mind is the Ridley Scott Blade Runner, Richard Donner's Superman, and um, I'm trying to think what else is a theatrical cut. I, don't, I can't really think of none okay. off the top of my head. And All then right. of course we'll, we'll Justice ahead, League. Uh, yeah, we'll uh, go ahead and like and hit up this list and we'll see what you got. The next up we got Kingdom of Heaven. This movie was trash in theaters, but apparently Ridley Scott. He's he's got a situation where he's like, I'm gonna do a director's cut. Ridley <laughs> Scott had a better the, uh, uh, director's cut than he did in theaters. Oh yeah, damn. he the king got a director cut. <laughs> Apocalypse Now apparently. I didn't know Apocalypse Now had a Redux. Oh, wait, I had two. Wait, it had two director's cut. There was a Redux. I remember that one. I didn't know about Apocalypse Now Final Cut. I didn't know about either one of them. Now I know about Apocalypse Now. I remember like the story about how like Marlon Brando was so hard to work with, and there was like production issues and yeah. all this other stuff. Wait, I didn't know Lawrence Fishburne was in this bitch. Okay. Okay. All right. Next up, uh, Superman two. Of course. Richard Donner. Yeah. Uh, Blade Runner. Of course. Aliens. Alien. Damn, really, Scott. That James boy. Cameron. Uh, that boy. I mean, I'm uh, tripping. Yeah, James Cameron did do it. Wait, that's the second, the second one. one. Okay, the second one. I, I forget the second one is Aliens. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Alien three. Uh, so that's David Fincher. Wait, three movies like David Fincher, James Cameron, Ridley Scott. And, and what fair, the uh, fuck? What the hell is going on with this? Like, it's like, you got all three elite let's, directors yeah. and they still get directed. God damn. Holy shit. Bro, okay. Fuck, all right. Man. But I think this was David Fincher's first movie too, so I can understand them fucking him over because this is like <laughs> he's just not getting in the game, you know. Uh, the, uh, they call it the assembly cut. So that's interesting. Well, what the fuck? Assembly cut? That is usually count. wrong. Well, no, assembly cut. I know what assembly cuts. Assembly cuts is whenever you're you're making a rough draft. Yeah, like, yeah, that shit don't count. Like, what, you gonna release the rough draft? Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so for, for non-movie fans, like, just to give you guys an th- example, when they when someone makes an, a movie for the first time, their first cut is called the assembly cut. And it's a way to uh, sort of get a rough draft and sort of figure out what needs to get taken out for pacing. Yeah. So they're calling it the assembly cut, which means I'm pretty sure that's probably every scene they filmed. Assume, uh, presumably. Know. Yeah, I don't know. That made me just feel like they put shit in here now. Like, <laughs> I don't know why. I would never call it my director's cut the assembly, assembly cut. cut. Like that, that makes it like, long. oh, it's just not done. Like that's what I was gonna think. Of. <laughs> BBS. Yes. Okay. They got that in there. Uh, Dar- Donnie Darko. Never seen the. I've never seen this, the director's cut. I've only seen the original movie, and I wasn't really a fan of the first of the movie. I was just watching. Never seen it. The Shining. The Shining. Uh, Stanley Kubrick. Of course, he's gonna have a good bomb ass director's cut. 
I like, like, one of the things, okay, uh, Deep do- Dr. Sleep, one of the, as, like, as, a, as a general trend I've been noticing is, like, it's always badass directors. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's <laughs> you know? gonna make it better. Yeah. yeah. That's why I was like, y'all should have trusted them in the first place. Like, <laughs> The Abyss, James Cameron, again, yeah, like, badass abyss. directors yeah. and stuff. Um, we got Metropolis. I don't know this one. This is a movie from 1927. Yeah, that's like, they say but Star Wars, this. Star Wars, like, uh, what's the name, had a lot of influence on Star Wars and a lot of stuff, like, going forward this movie had a lot of influence on a lot of them i've seen this before but as far as like look how many cuts there are there was one that made it shorter and then yeah theatrical cut and then there's like a this version which is 83 minutes whatever uh next up once upon a time in america yeah oh damn how did that one not come to my mind that's the greatest one of all time that's robert de niro man. because he he um i think that and that cut got finished after he died he wanted to make it long, and he wanted to do a lot of stuff to it, and he just never could. And then when he passed away, his family ended up doing it for him and finished it. But uh, the 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 uh, the finished version, I mean the the um, the director's cut of this one, way better, way better. It makes Once Upon a Time in America one of the greatest movies of all time. Yeah, like there was a Cannes Film Festival cut, which was the longest cut out of all of them at 269 minutes. Yeah, Sergio, uh, uh, Sergio Leone is a special director. His westerns was amazing. Uh, Watchmen. Oh, I love Zach Snyder's going to be dominating this yeah, list. Yeah, I love Watchmen. The, his version of Watchmen was fucking phenomenal. Like, which is kind of crazy because the, the theatrical cut was already three hours long. Or, yeah. And then, then they had, oh, there was two of them. There was a director's cut and an ultimate cut. Oh, see, Damn, I, well, I didn't ever. I didn't even know it was another cut. Well, the one of the cuts I seen was great. I am Legend. I didn't now know they have one. They only re- okay. It was a different ending. It's an alternate. I've seen it. I've I've, I've seen it. It's just a different ending. I think I remember that. I do remember an alternate ending with that. Yeah, I do remember that. Uh, X Men: Days of Future Past. Oh yeah, the, the Rogue uh, Cut. The Road Cut. I see yeah. that, and that that's really the same. It's just had Rogue at it's the. A, it's an extra subplot. Yeah, yeah. It, it really wasn't even a subplot. She was just oh, it kind of is. Yeah, they just added her in the movie, like Rogue. go rescue her and yeah. everything. Yeah, and just basically a way of giving the guys in the future more things to do than yeah. just just th- just, than just hold, just hold the, the wall, yeah. hold the wall. Yeah. But for the whole time. <laughs> Touch of Evil, Orson Welles. Okay, um, Wolfgang Peterson. Das Boot. Okay. Never heard of that. I'm gonna have to see that. that shit I know good. who Wolf. I know who Wolfgang Peterson is, but yeah, yeah. of course. Uh, Brazil. Brazil. That got a uh, 1985. What is it? Director's cut. Terry Gilliam. Terry Gilliam. I know who damn, that is. That I see, but see this. Robert makes, De Niro. Damn. This makes me wonder. Oh yeah, Robert De Niro was in all the classics at that time. He's an all-time great, but. I, it makes me wonder, like, when I see movies like this, I wonder which version that I see. Because I, I, I don't know if I've seen the theatrical version or the, you know, or the director's cut. Like, I don't know. <laughs> uh, Leon. Oh, I, I remember this one. Uh, I've seen this movie. There was a, what the hell is this version, Integral? Okay, it's a Jean Reno, Natalie Portman movie. Uh, it's called, I think it's called Leon the Assassin in America. I don't think it's, it's called Leon in this list, but it's called Leon yeah. the Assassin. And, uh. Okay, apparently I've only I know for a fact I've only seen the theatrical cut. There's no way I would have seen a this longer version. Um, Little Shop of Horrors, 1986, directed by Frank Oz. So yeah, um, that's a that's a that's a pretty banging list though. Yeah, I will that say. list is crazy. That so, list is crazy, and it just trips me out. It goes if you see this list, it just like re- let them release their version like from the jump, man, because. All these lists, it should have been you, especially all these legendary directors that's on this <laughs> damn list. You know what I'm saying? But a lot of times with like with like uh, 
you know, for things like um, Alien 3, you know, they're not a legendary director yet. Yeah, yeah. They, David they, Venture, they, you know? Yeah, they cut starting off, so they don't trust them yet, you know? Yeah. yeah. So. That's why it's not a good idea. I think if I was started directing, I wouldn't make a big blockbuster movie as my first movie. I'd make a couple of smaller ones so they could trust me. Yeah. All right. Well, that was fun. I'm. I'm. Uh, I had a good time with that topic of the show. That was actually. Yeah, that really was good. a good one. That was a good one for we'll, sure. We'll go ahead and move on to Netflix and chill. All right. So for Netflix and chill, we do the charts for the uh, for the top ten things on streaming services, as well as a recommendation for you guys to watch on a streaming service right now. Uh, so first thing up, first things first is let's uh, talk about the top 10 things that are on Netflix. At number one, Vivo, which was the new release uh, for last week that I was, I was definitely talking about. It was like, it's an animated movie, Lin-Manuel Miranda. Uh, I've, I, my nephew's seen the movie. He said he liked it. He was really good, and I haven't had time to watch it. I'll probably watch it later. Uh, number two is Outer Banks, which is a show. Number three is All American, also a show. Number four is Hit and Run. Number five is Cocaine Cowboys, The Kings of Miami, which I believe was like a docu-series, I want to say. Number six is Aftermath. Number seven is The Vault, the Freddie Highmore movie. Number eight is uh, this top secret UFO projects declassified. That's some like fucking History Channel shit that I've ever, I've ever seen on Netflix. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to see that though. I'll be into that UFOs and all yeah. that shit. I'm into that, that shit. conspiracy theory shit? Yeah, man, I'm be into eating that. <laughs> eating all that shit up. Like, <laughs> Number nine is The Losers, which is Chris Evans and uh, Zoe Zaldana. Number 10. Coco Melon. Coco Melon. Yeah, you know I'm that's going to stay in the I'm a little. I'm a little afraid that it's at t- it's too far at the bottom. I know. It's, it's at, at 10. Yeah, it's at 10. Like, yeah, it made me feel like it might drop off. Uh, shit. Uh, all right. But, yeah, that's some good stuff. Yeah, I'll be uh, – I will check out Vivo for you guys uh, later on uh, for the top 10 movies. Uh, so, again, filtering out all the shows, we're leaving with just the movies, Vivo, Aftermath, and The Vault, and The Losers uh, remain in the spots uh, one through four. And then Major Pain – Damn, all that old ass movie. Yeah, that, sure. was it Damon Wayans or Marlon? What's yeah, it? Uh, one of them. It's one of the one Wayans. of the Wayans. Wayans yeah. One of the Wayans and stuff. I, I, man, that movie was so hilarious, man. I just yeah. remember that one time when he was talking to that kid, the deaf kid for the first time. Yeah. He was like, "I'm gonna take my foot and stick it up your ass." Yeah, yeah that shit was funny. Yeah. yeah. Number six is the Swarm, which is like a, a. I've been noticing a lot of these things on the trends as far as like movies. A lot of movies and shows tend to be foreign. Uh, films, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, that they're importing, I, um, but I be feeling like they foreign films. They be having be good. Man. Yeah, I be watching the fuck out them. Huh? But you know what's kind of interesting is I they, they be straight they be slapping the Netflix originals brand, but it's not a, uh, it's yeah, not a Netflix yeah, original. They yeah. didn't, Netflix didn't make, make it. it. Yeah, they're yeah. just buying the rights. Yeah, yeah. But I mean that that counts though because that's what studios do all the time. Like when you see them when them uh when they be having them film festivals, they be hoping like Warner Brothers or someone come oh, buy it. Yeah, yeah, and then when they when they Put the movie out. It says Warner Brothers Studio, like from Warner Brothers. But it wasn't, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but, but it wasn't greenlit by, by wasn't, Warner. Yeah, yeah, right. right. So that's why they kind of got the right to do that. You know, when yeah. they do buy it, buy it. You know. So yeah, the swarm is a movie about like uh, um, locusts, like a swarm of locusts, and they're blood hungry. They they have a taste of human flesh. And they yeah. want to eat people, so Sorry, okay. Interesting. A resort to love, a romantic comedy. Number eight is Palms, which is like a uh, like a senior citizen movie where like they're at a senior citizen like retirement area, and they want to be cheerleaders or something like that. Number nine is the Sandra Bullock movie from 1995 called The Net, and number ten is Roroni Kenshin: The Beginning. Uh, so okay. yeah, some good stuff. I would say Major Pain and The Net are just like they're like they stand out. They stand out. Yeah. Uh, the top ten things on iTunes. Number one is Pig. The Nicolas Cage movie. Oh, what the fuck? 
<laughs> number two That's is random. I know, right? And number two is A Quiet Place Part Two. Number three is Wrath of Man. Number four, re-entering the list is Godzilla, Godzilla vs. Kong. Kong. But why the fuck is Pig over Godzilla vs. Kong and A Quiet Place? Because part it just two. came out. It just dropped. Uh, it just dropped on iTunes. That's why. I guess, but shit, it don't matter, man. <laughs> number five is The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. Number six is re-entering the list is Minari. Damn, they got hits on their top ten. I ain't gonna lie, bro. <laughs> fuck. Number seven is Nobody. Number eight is Dream Horse. Number nine, why are people paying for this? Is Luca. Luca. It's on Disney Plus. <laughs> you don't have to. You could just buy a month of Disney Plus well, for less. I mean, you might have somebody that that had iTunes and never had Disney Plus. Remember, mm-hmm. I think Disney Plus. You got to remember, Disney Plus is surf. It's uh, it's focused for a certain di- type of people. You know. Number ten is Ride the Eagle. Man, number the top ten things on Amazon Prime. Number one is F Nine: The Fast Saga. Number two is the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. Number three is the Forever Purge. Number four is the, the, forever wrath, purge. the wrath of Man. Number five is A Quiet Place Part Two in 4K. Number six is Roadrunner, a film about Anthony Bourdain. It's a documentary. I thought it was about like the Roadrunner, me me. Like, <laughs> I know, right? Like, yeah, like. Anthony Bourdain. Well, he's a he's a chef, I believe. Yeah, um, okay. Number seven is The Conjuring. The Devil Made Me Do It. Number eight is Nobody. Number nine is News of the World. And number ten is A Quiet Place, the HD version. Hey, the first quiet place. And did you have anything you wanted to add about or talk about on any of these lists? Well, I'm just glad Godzilla is on some top ten shit. Godzilla vs Kong. I'm excited for that. And uh and it's crazy how both and on uh Amazon Prime got both the quiet places. You know what I'm saying? That's dope. You know what's one of the things I noticed is like the top ten iTunes doesn't have a tenant, in my opinion. There hasn't been like one of those things was like this has been on here for week to week to week. To nah, week yeah, but I mean, the iTunes—they so damn random. I, I see why. Like, they so random, man. Like, you you always have one of them weird ass, you know, lists with iTunes. But this is actually one of the most solid lists. Yeah, like, everything on this list. Yeah. yeah, I could tell. I see why it's a top ten movie. You know. Yeah. Uh, for my recommendation this week, I am going to recommend a, a movie. That you can find on Amazon Prime right now. And I actually went into my bookshelf back there and pulled out Catch Me If You Can. Ooh, the Spielberg classic? There we go. go. With my boy Leo and Tom Hanks. Yeah, it's inverted, so you guys are reading it backwards, but whatever. So yeah, Catch Me If You Can is uh, uh, is on Amazon Prime right now. I checked, it's there. So if you have Amazon Prime, you can watch it. It's a classic, it's from 02. Leonardo DiCaprio was killing it. Tom Hanks was killing it. Wasn't it directed by Steven Spielberg? Spielberg, yeah. So yeah, Steven Spielberg killed it. Like, it's such a good movie. Like, you could tell right there from like, you know, he was... It kind of feel like back in like '97, he wasn't that far from removed from '97, and so he still had that like you know pretty boy I think type. He came out of 03, 03, 04. Yeah, I'm saying like Leonardo DiCaprio. But Leonardo he was DiCaprio. still that young, Leo. Yeah, yeah. But that's when you like sort of like knew from that from this movie that Leonardo DiCaprio is you know Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would for say sure, that's when he came sure. into his own as far as yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He was uh, I mean he he showed it in a couple movies before that, but that but that, I, I agree at that point. Like, he's like this generation's Daniel Day Lewis. Right, you know? exactly. Yeah, he, yeah, he was becoming the goat at that yeah, point. Yeah, he was becoming yeah. the goat. Yeah, uh, the movie's about uh, Amy Adams is in that as well. Yeah, oh, I forgot. Shit, I yeah, forgot yeah, about yeah. That. Amy Adams. That's before her debut. She was Amy Adams. Yeah, that's her debut. Yeah, before she became Amy Adams. Yeah. I honestly thought Amy Adams. My intro. I honestly thought my in, my uh, introduction to Amy Adams was Enchanted in 07. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. Like as far as like the synopsis, it's uh, Frank Abagnale Jr. He's a real a real guy. It's based yeah. on a true story. He's mm-hmm. a con artist, a con man, and Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio plays him, the guy in real life, and Tom Hanks is the FBI agent looking for him. 
So yeah, yeah that's pretty it's, much it's it. Good, uh, it's a good, uh, it's a good movie. Good to movie. Watch. Great cast. Watch it. And uh, Troy, what's your recommendation? Well, I'm gonna recommend a movie that's nowhere near as good as that. Actually, I think this movie is trash. But <laughs> the reason why, the reason why I recommend, uh, I recommend it because I seen this movie with three other females and they all liked it. I was the only one that thought it was trash. And it's on Netflix. It's called The Woman in the Window. Uh, oh. starring Amy Adams actually. Um, oh yeah, I yeah. heard of it. I have not yeah. seen it, but I heard, I know what it is. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a thriller. It's a thriller movie, and uh, it it's kind of like they kind of go for some rear window, like yeah. that rear yeah. window vibes. It has that kind of feel, and uh, I think it's just a bad movie. Like what they were going for was like dope, and Amy Adams is great in the movie, of course, but it, it's just so it's so paint by numbers it's so predictable it's a plot hole or two but <laughs> but the reason why you say well why are you you know suggesting this bad movie well because uh it stars a, a leading woman and the three women that i watched it with liked it so and i remember like i remember there was a big deal back when it was first announced because netflix was like oh yeah we got amy adams we got like yeah i remember yeah. it was part of like their marketing they're trying trail. to make it they're a, trying to make it seem like oh yeah we're on yeah. some next level yeah. ish yeah and you could tell like they was trying to go for like a look this is a you know a big real deal movie you yeah. know but it just wasn't a good movie like i think they hoped and wanted it and trying to go for that but to me it sucked but the women that I watched it with liked it. So, like, uh, you know, again, you got a guy named Daniel that thinks Suicide Squad 2 was trash when it was good. So, you know, my opinion ain't everything. So, I think a lot of y'all should check it out, especially if y'all are, you know, into, like, thrillers. Because it's one of those thrillers. And it has a couple move moments that's a little scary. Okay. All right. We'll go ahead and, uh, and finish out the show with some new releases. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. <laughs> nice timing. Uh, so, new releases. We have seven things on new releases. And uh, it's a two-horse race for Pick of the Week. Mm. So, the first horse for Pick of the Week is Free Guy. Comes out in theaters this Friday, August 13th. A big teller called Guy realizes he is a background character in an open-world video game called Free City that will soon go offline. The film stars Ryan Reynolds, Jodie Comer, Lil Rel Howery, Joe Keery from Stranger Things, and Taika Waititi from, you know, everything. everything yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's that's... I, I've, I've actually been kind of excited for this movie low-key, like straight up. So I want to see this movie. Next up is Don't Breathe 2, August 13th in theaters. A blind veteran must use his military training to save a young orphan from a group of kidnap kidnappers. The film stars Stephen Lang, Brendan Sexton III, and Madeline Grace. I did look into it. It is actually a sequel and not a prequel. So it actually follows the events following the first movie. Number three, or next up, R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Respect. Respect comes out in theaters this Friday. Uh, it's a biopic. It's basically uh, this year's Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, Aretha Franklin. Much, yeah. <laughs> Aretha Franklin sings in her father's church choir as a child and grows up to become an international musical superstar and legend. The film stars Jennifer Hudson, Forrest Whitaker, Marlon Wayans, Audra McDonald, Mark Marin, Tate Donovan, and Mary J. Blige. That's a pretty good cast. That cast is solid. Yeah. Next up is Raging Fire. It comes out in theaters this Friday. It is a Chinese movie. It came out in China last month. It made a lot of money in China, and now it's getting its U.S. release. Um, 
Chan is a highly respected cop with a long history of success on dangerous cases. However, his past soon comes back to haunt him when his former protege seeks revenge against all those who have wronged him. The film stars Donnie Yen as Shan and Nicholas C as the former protege. So I know Donnie Yen, it man, come on man, he's yeah, like, Donnie Yen, man. He's, he's a goat. He's one of them dudes that I just want to watch. I don't care what movie it is. I just want to see him do some fucking badass shit. Man, he was badass in uh, uh, what was it uh, Star Wars? Star Wars. Was yeah, that's what I was trying to say. Yeah. He was like the blind man and everything. Yeah. yeah so Donnie Yen, man, I, I, I yeah, yeah, I'm, I'll support Donnie Yen, and uh, I know it's gonna be going. The money's gonna be going to China, but whatever. Also, I looked into who Nicholas C is. I looked him up on Wikipedia. He's like a superstar, like a Chinese superstar. He's like he's like a an entrepreneur. He's a singer, a songwriter, and like oh, okay. he's a martial art, martial artist. He's like everything. He's, he's like a star a, out there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, next up is Coda coming out on uh, theaters this Friday and on Apple TV Plus. That's mm. I don't. It's very rare for us to get like an Apple TV Plus representation on yeah. new releases. Uh, Ruby is the only hearing member of a deaf family from uh, Gloucester, Massachusetts. At 17, she works mornings before school to help her parents and brothers keep their fishing business afloat. But in joining her high school choir's club, her high school's choir club, Ruby finds herself drawn to to both her duet partner and her latent passion for singing. The film stars Amelia Jones, Eugenio, Eugenio Derbez, Troy Coser, Daniel Durant, and Marley Matlin. These are all unknown name actors. Yeah, I've never heard of any of them. Yeah. I, no, I normally like to like spotlight. Oh, I've this person. Of, I've heard of Troy. That's because he's me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like to like so when I when I look uh, when I do these these compilings. I like before researching this stuff. I always look at somebody's like Wikipedia to see if they've done anything, so I can say, oh, they've done this. So, so, yeah. yeah. So like I like to like throw some like uh, some extra uh, umph into these things. I have nothing to promote here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but Coda, I, I I forgot what they stand for, but Coda is an acronym for basically your. You can you can code for people who are deaf, so you can sign even though you can hear. Oh, so dope. that way you can act as a bridge to someone who was deaf. Oh, so a lot of times, whenever like deaf parents have a kid and their kids can hear, mm. their kids act are like they're their translator. They're they're their coda. Oh, okay, that's cool. So yeah, that's uh, that's I can see why that would be on Apple TV. Uh, next up is Beckett. Comes out this Friday on Netflix. The film star. The film follows the life and career. Oh shit! I don't have a fucking. Uh, uh, I'd never. I forgot to do a synopsis. All right, let me do this here. Let me just pull up a, a, a synopsis here on the fly because I did not write the uh, the synopsis on my doc here. So what you have written down? It was Val's. Uh, Val. I didn't copied and paste, and it was uh, Val from Val Kilmer's documentary. Uh, okay. Uh, so the, the synopsis reads: A vacationing couple falls victim to a violent conspiracy. Uh, the film stars uh, John David Washington, Alicia Vikander, Vicky Creeps, and Boyd Holbrook. Okay, that's so, a solid cast. John David Washington. Remember, we, we showed you that trailer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's this Friday on Netflix. And, uh, yeah. That snuck up on me. I forgot all about that. <laughs> not, not in a yeah. bad way. Yeah. I just like, yeah. haven't been thinking about it. Yeah. All right. And uh, next up is Marvel Studios' What If? This uh, on Wednesday, August 11th. Now, this is the second horse for pick of the week here. The series explores alternate timelines in the mul in the multiverse that shows that would have happened in major moments from the MCU films if they'd occurred differently. The film stars Jeffrey Wright as Uadu the Watcher and has guest voices of Chadwick Boseman as T'Challa slash Star-Lord, Paul Bettany, Josh Brolin, Don Cheadle, Bene Benedict Cumberbatch, Chris Hemsworth, Tom Hiddleston, Samuel L. Jackson, Paul Rudd, and Mark Ruffalo, among others, as their MCU counterparts. 
So yeah, that is uh, that is that is a. Uh, a lot of uh, things going on here for 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 new releases here. New releases, what yeah. are uh, what do you think is going to be the pick of the week? Uh, I'm gonna go with Don't Breathe too. No, you're not. Yeah, that's my honest opinion. Don't Breathe too. Wait, you saw you so you remember the first one and you were uh, hell yeah. Don't Breathe one was yeah. like my favorite horror movie that year. Really, I would not have I would not have put Don't Breathe two as your pick of the week. Yeah, Don't Breathe two, man. I, I love Don't Breathe one. Like I think it's it's actually kind of uh underrated a little bit. Like it got a good reviews when it came out, but it wasn't like but a hit. Forgot about it. Yeah, yeah people kind of yeah slept on it. So I like the first one so much that. That is bleeding right into the second one, and then you better you better give me impressions next week because I'm not I'm not planning on watching it. I'll yeah, watch it when it comes out. I'm like definitely on, gonna watch that. I'm a, I'm watching that opening day. I'm gonna watch it like when it comes in in like home release and stuff. Uh, yeah, but. Uh, my pick of the week is actually Free Guy. I, I'm very much looking forward to it. I'm going to have to go to the theaters because it's not on streaming. Oh, yeah, not on streaming. So, I'm so gonna... when, when something's not on streaming, you got to go to the theater. <laughs> We're going to make this movie some more box office money. <laughs> so, yeah. Remember okay. that Warner Brothers? Yeah, so I'm going to go to theaters and I'm going to have impressions for you guys next week for Free Guy. But that's my pick of the week. Of course, I'm not. Of course, I'm going to give you guys impressions on What If. The reason why I don't pick it as a pick of the week uh, is because it's only going to be episode one. Yeah. And on top of that, I think episode one has got the Peggy Carter one, if I'm not mistaken. I think they're in a chronological order. And yeah. I believe it's the one where it's like, it's the first Avenger, Captain America, the first Avenger, what if? Yeah. So I don't think, I'm not really looking forward to that one. I'm looking forward to like the later episodes. I'm not going to lie. This is going to be controversial. I'm not really excited for Marvel, what if like that? I'm not like, I, you know, it, it, because I like the version of Marvel that they did so much that like, I feel like an alternate version is going to be a less version to me. So, well, they uh, said it's canon, by the way. I don't know if you know this, but that, yeah. what happened with Loki, they're saying that these are all the timelines that these the variant the, the timelines. Yeah, so, I, I don't know. And they may cross over. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, I, I'm not saying it's going to be bad. I'm just not excited for it. And I'm not really the biggest fan of the animation either. Like, I don't think, That's again, fair. I don't think it's bad animation. It's just, it it's, looks very, it's just going to annoy me. Like, I mean, not annoy me, but I'm going to be thinking about it. Like, yeah. every, as I'm watching it, like, it's going to get on my nerves. So, I'm also annoyed that they didn't get Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, or, yeah, or, or uh, like, get Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, like, how you and now They're you not, ain't gonna be able to get Scarlett Johansson no more. Like <laughs> so that's done. We're never gonna see that. But it's like, come on, man, get everybody so it can feel like it, it really feel it, you know. But yeah, it is what it is. And also a public service announcement: the Bad Batch finale is this Friday. I'm gonna be binge watching the last three episodes, and I'll have you guys impressions for the finale uh, next week. Troy, you're not gonna. I know your ass is not gonna be watching the, the nah, Bad Batch. Nah, nah, I haven't watched episode five. I know, so right? I'm, I'm, I'm way behind. You're a bitch. Yeah, I'm way behind. <laughs> but I will say this: every single episode I enjoy pretty yeah, much. Yeah, same so, here. So same it here. ain't like I didn't stop watching it because it was bad or nothing. Yeah, he just fell off. It just fell off. Yeah. That happens, by yeah. the way. I'm not blaming you because I, I fell off of shows too. Yeah. Uh, so we'll go ahead and end the show. And now the end is near. And so I face the final curtain. Actually, let's stop playing that sound effect for the YouTube people because I, I can't, I forget the, the copyright claim me on that. All right, so we'll go ahead and end the show. It's time to end. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Ready Play Movies. Remember, you can reach the podcast by email at readyplaymovies at gmail.com or simply at readyplaymovies on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at Chakalaka88 and Troy. Bracey Troy 58 Don't forget to subscribe, give us a review, tell your friends about the show and all that good stuff. See you next time. Mm-hmm.